back, everyone, to another episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm Brandon C. McClure. This is episode 167, Woo! and I'm in my comfy pants. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm not in jeans for the first time. Well, no, I don't. Oh, my gosh. Actually, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you outside of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> ever. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite comfy. Ryan Eliopoulos. You can't call me that. You have to call me Sam Porter Bridges from now on. I'm not, I won't do that. But I'm the Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Uh, I'm Hideo Kojima. <laughs> uh, ben Magnet. I am cold. You look, you look, you look. I was cold. cold. You look yeah. comfy, though. I am, I am. Qu- I wish I brought my own comfy, sh- my comfy the pants. Th- the theme of this right. episode is comfiness. It's a comfy cast. Yes. It looks and, like it. And uh, Sparks, witty. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's going good. You had a nice little uh, smooth intro there today. I'm a little high. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Ah. Welcome to California 2019. <laughs> it's a good world, baby. <laughs> I had bottomless mimosas a couple hours ago. So. There you go. I feel you. So I w- I'm surprised you're here, Ryan. Why? Death Stranding. I figured you would. So here's the thing. I'm surprised you watched as many movies this week as you. Oh, you mean to. all five? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I wasn't commi- thinking just that. Like I'm you committed you, to the podcast. You, you. This is exactly what I said, isn't it, Ben? Yeah. It's exactly yeah. what I said yeah. to you. Um, this was. But that you also like made time and went and saw Doctor Sleep, and you took yep. care. Like, hey guys, when I say I don't sleep a lot, I'm not joking. <laughs> but I also know hey, that Ryan? I've not played as much Death Stranding as I'd like. So next week you're going to get a lot of stuff. I. Yeah. I yeah. Hey, right? You should probably see a doctor for that. No, nah, it's okay. Maybe Dr. Sleep. Uh, oh, oh thank you. That's first, a good uh, first impressions of, of Death Stranding. Though. So it is absolutely not for everyone. Yeah. That is a, that is a I would call it a boring game because it is you are literally walking yeah. a lot. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot of stealth. But uh, the more you play it, the easier it gets to cross long distances. And that's where a lot of the people are getting frustrated getting to mm-hmm. because the first 10 hours are a slog. And I'm currently in the slog. Uh, but the story for me is interesting because it's crazy anime nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if any of you guys here would like it, honestly. It is a, it is a, it's like a, it's a simulator. It's like a walking simulator where you have to manage your, your, uh, your stress levels and your leaning and the heavier things are, the more you have to use the triggers to lean. Uh, it's a weird game. Uh, so I'm not surprised that so many people are, are turned off by this game, but I'm like, yo man, it's it's just a weird ass game. I've never played anything like it. So uh, I can't wait to do crazy stuff like build actual highways and zip lines and like drones and like stuff that makes the game like super cool. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to do that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Based on the waypoint episode about it, I I think I'm gonna like it. You think so? I do. Yeah. Just the way they were discussing it, I'm like, I think it's a I very think I'm gonna enjoy this. It's a very calming, somber game where like uh you you are literally walking for like what seems like miles for like 20 minutes at a time, and it will the camera will zoom out and it has like it has original music by a bunch of famous bands, mm-hmm. uh and it will just kind of turn into a music video, and you're just kind of just walking and it zooms out and it's really pretty, and then it'll turn into a really scary stealth section with with terrifying monsters, and it's the most tense I felt in a game in a long time. But I can see why people are getting frustrated because after the twelfth encounter in a row, you're like, "No, I get it, <laughs> I get it." And so I just got weapons to fight them, so it's a little easier. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to get over this bump that I am feeling. Yeah. But I know I I like it a lot. Have, have you gotten a pea grenade yet? Uh, I've talked to uh, Nicholas Winding Refn about it okay. <laughs> a bunch, and he's like, "Yo, go please take a shower for me, please please take a shower for me." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, you want my samples?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make some weapons out of it's your so, pee." It's so crazy that. Director Nicholas Winding Refn is in uh, the game. Yeah, and Guillermo del Toro. And Conan O'Brien. And Conan O'Brien and... Uh, a few others, I believe. Like, Jinji uh, Ito's in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally every... That like, makes the most sense, yeah. let's be clear. Um, to be fair, it's not Guillermo or Nicholas doing the voices. They're just doing the, the capture. Yeah. But you're just seeing them two hang out with Norman Reedus. <laughs> and Norman Reedus is actually surprisingly good. Um, he's a very subdued character, but um, he does that kind of thing well, yeah. like in Walking Dead. Uh, so I'm a... I'm glad to say I don't hate it. <laughs> Good. I'm very glad. 
you guys wanted to see Lighthouse this week, didn't you? Oh my god, that was that feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Are we? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Uh, it was a content week this week. It, man, sure. it really was. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the movie a lot. I I get why people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. The Stranding. Uh, that movie is hella weird and really funny in weird ways. I talked. I was surprised because I talked to Brandon after we saw Doctor Sleep about Lighthouse and my, spo- spoilers for Lighthouse. I guess skip me by like fifteen seconds or whatever. Um, he. Uh, Brandon didn't realize that it was a Prometheus nope. metaphor. Yeah, it's, Did not it's, catch on to if that. you didn't get it, like at the very end with him literally with his stomach being eaten out by birds, is like, oh, there's the me- there it is. That's yeah. all right down yeah. your nose. I mean, now that it's pointed out, I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, right. uh, I just think, I think. Like one of my, we'll talk about it with like with one of the trailers later. But like my favorite thing with like Rosemary's Baby, like you don't know if someone's actually crazy or not. Like how far, like are they actually gone? Like how much do you trust the people around him? Like is this actually something crazy going on in the lighthouse, mm-hmm. or is it in his brain? And that's like utterly fascinating. And uh, uh, the performances are outstanding. Yeah, I think you'd agree with that. Even that oh, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. performances are incredible. Um, I think Willem Dafoe has one of my favorite monologues and oh. the absolute best curse ever put on anybody <laughs> ever on screen oh, dude, when, when he does that like three minute speech of like basically saying rot forever in all of eternity <laughs> so that your existence becomes nothing in the sea. Yeah. And it's like, oh my lord, it's it's really good. Yeah, there's some incredible imagery and some like really good perfor- like performance stuff, like specifically by Robert Pattinson who I haven't yeah. I've seen a couple of Zindy films but like not like this is like a powerhouse performance and I'm like I'm so glad like he's gonna like I know it's like Batman but like I'm glad he's gonna get the attention he deserves yeah by being in a big movie because this dude is like super talented I'm glad he's getting he's gonna get the attention he should have always had yeah because he's he's been making crazy stuff for a decade since Twilight yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I, 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 yeah, I agree. The performances are great. I literally walked into our local comic book store, Comic Madness, mm-hmm. here in Chino uh, this week. Shouts for them. Um, I walked in there to get the comics this week, and they're discussing Robert Pattinson. Um, oh, yeah. and, and saying like ha- how one guy's like, I don't know, I just don't think he's got like, I can see him as good Bruce Wayne, but I can't see him as Batman. And it's like, man, I, I think you really just got to see more of his movies. And they mentioned the A24 one with his brother where he's playing the, the yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh- yeah, the name's escaping me right good, now. Too. Good something. Good. Yeah. Good job. Good. Good day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, the the lighthouse, and it's like, good oh time. yeah, the lighthouse is coming out. Good time. Yeah. Uh, the lighthouse is coming out. Oh, we should check that out. And I'm like, actually, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the performances are are something. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll get you'll get a lot out of it. Um, weird movie to uh, weird to say this about a movie, um, but the lighting is incredible. Yeah, I think throughout the film. Because the light is really stupid important in this black and white feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Could you imagine it. if they made any of like when they were trying to make the dark universe, if they made them like that? Oh my god, dude! Yeah. I, I was talking to you about it. Like, no joke. Like, I got so used to the the four by three ratio, and it allows you to super focus on the acting. Yeah. And like, I I actually like really appreciate. I would like more movies to be in this format if it's like a drama, not an action movie or anything. But like, I I found myself really enjoying the you've format. Gotta, you've got to have somebody who knows how to use it at yeah. this point. Yeah. I really, that's a, I really that's like just that. like a different idea. Let me push up my glasses real quick. Hi, I'm a CTVA major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you really gotta you gotta pay attention to so much composition and everything in this film on a technical Because you're losing level like half your screen incredible. basically. Like yeah. a third of the screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, I can't believe I have the producers in 4x3. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Definitely doesn't translate musicals nah. well. Have the F- back film musicals. To? Film musicals are high up there, and the like should always be in their widescreen format yes. when they were filmed that way. See as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I apologize in advance, audience, if you can hear a throat lozenge in my mouth right now. Uh, just saying. I know I'm clicking it around a little. Um, I actually I, did notice. I thought your voice sounded this little raspy. I, I had to talk a lot at work yesterday. That's I feel you. Uh, real, real loud. Um, anyway. Uh, Ryan, did you have anything else from this week? Also, the lighthouse is incredible. If you have it at a local theater, like, and and you feel like you, if you saw the trailer and you feel like I might be into that, go see it. Yeah, support it. It's a small, weird movie uh, that I can't believe is like, hey, it's a, it's, a, it's actually an Etta Harkins. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You don't have to go to like L.A. to see it. I love when Willem Dafoe does like smaller films lately. Me too. Um, I, I still want to see the uh, the the one Van Gogh, the Florida project. Oh, that's a good movie, then. I, I want to see that. Good, yeah. yeah, really bad, and I still want to see his Van Gogh as well. I yeah. wanted to see the Van Gogh one. I, I well, we always miss it. What, what's it called? Vincent Finding Vincent. Finding Vincent. I think. Oh, yeah. is that the oil painting? The oil one? painting one is. I think. Oh, actually, don't know. Oopsies. <laughs> Sparks helps uh, out. Uh, I think Finding Vincent is the oil painting one because I did okay. see that. Okay. And, uh, I, that's a really good movie. It's okay. incredible. Um, I wish that film had gotten more attention. Yeah. I that was one of those years where I think it was it was up against something that I'm like I totally think this deserves Best Picture too. But Finding Vincent is literally made of oil paintings, and I and I feel like that should be res- acknowledged. How crazy is that? It is a animated film, and every single frame is an oil painting. It's bananas. God. Has anyone else seen it? You've seen it, right? I've seen it, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it. Uh, worth the watch. Oh, just I believe some, it. Sometime, guys, like, set aside it. You, you're you're going to just... Ben, shaking your head. The people can't hear that. you got to say no. I want to watch it high so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so That seems beautiful. like a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, it's it's an easy film with, like, a nice little score, and it's like, I, that's a really nice, like, calm, take a trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, Dewey. Come with yeah. me. <laughs> All right, calm down there, Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do like the movie a lot. Anyway, where were we? Uh, um, well, I mean, besides watching a, a, the entire Terminator franchise, um, new X-Men books came out. Uh, a bunch of other good came, comics came out. But uh, New Mutants, that and Marauders are the two best books right now. Like, those books are exceptionally well uh, uh, well crafted in every way. I like J- Jonathan Hickman's X-Men book is good, but the first issue, it's a traditional comic book where these other two are, like, really cool, strong starts to, like, some, t- some obscure characters for modern people. Like, you guys, I think you guys will, if you haven't already, checked out uh, New Mutants and Marauders. It's a good introduction to these teams and these characters uh, that are awesome, awesome, awesome. That's yeah. me. That's 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 me. Goodbye. That's a me. That's a me. <laughs> I'm a sorry green Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, why can't you remember my name? Uh? Ben, do you want to go next? Uh, sure. Uh, Hit it, baby. I also saw the entirety of the Terminator franchise. Wait, hold on. I gotta be I gotta, audience. Look, this is gonna go long. We're very relaxed today. Yeah. I'm not looking at the time. Good. Sorry. <laughs> this is the podcast I've always wanted it to be. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> This is We're the Hideo Kojima of nerd podcasts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, we actually make sense. We know what's going on. This is the yeah. uh, this is the pi- this is the backdoor pilot of Fake in, Nerds After in Dark. In doses, yeah. we make sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the backdoor pilot of Fake Nerds After Dark. <laughs> yeah, it is. Go ahead, Ben. Ben. Yeah, I also saw the entirety of the Terminator. No, no Fire Emblem because of a Terminator. I feel you, dude. Yeah. Uh, Responsibilities. Yeah. Just want, well, Would you say the Terminator terminated Fire Emblem? Your play, your playthrough. Yeah. No. <laughs> you enjoyed making that pun too much. Yeah, there's yeah, a did. smirk <laughs> on Brandon's face right now. He is loving it. Yeah, um, someone high five me. Oh, I nice. knew you'd do it. All right. 
Uh, what Sparks did it. What else is I guess? What else did I? I pretty much didn't do a jack squat besides just go through my week because I have the entirety of next week off of work. Ben, and why I is am that? So happy because it's my birthday, bitches! It's yeah. my birthday! It's my birthday! Uh, it's also your birthday too ben on Thursday. But next next week, Ben and I are going to be twenty nine years old. Uh, nine times. Yeah. Wow. Twenty nine times. One year for away from thirty. We're in our last year of our twenties. Shut up. Shut up. It's not that bad. <laughs> I haven't even wrapped my head around the twenty nine part yet. Twenty <laughs> nine sounds cool. Don't yeah, I, I have the entire week off of work. It's been announced. No, that's been announced. No, it that sounds cool. Twenty nine oh sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been announced. Guys, did you hear the new announcement about the 29th? What? <laughs> What's going on the 29th? The 29th year. Anyway, Ben. Yeah, I've been, I just, I'm so happy that I'm taking a week off of work. I am so jazzed about that. We're going to be doing some fun mm-hmm. stuff for our birthdays during the week, uh, for my birthday as well. So I'm just going to. And you I, can go I, too. Just call one eight hundred eight five 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 five. That number. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably like some like lawyer service. I really or something. hope that number isn't real. Uh, it's an eight hundred number. Sure, it's real. Oh boy. But besides besides that, this week was full of just watching Terminator. I think I only got to play a little bit of Fire Emblem on Monday night, give or take. Mm-hmm. Only for a little bit. I only got through like a few support questions and I just went straight to bed. I'm following some of the voice actors on Twitter. They are hilarious. Yeah, they are awesome. Uh, whenever I find a new voice actor on Twitter, I'm like, oh, we'll follow you. Uh, what else? What else did I do? Terminator, Terminator. I had a freaking dream about Terminator, Terminator, Terminator. <laughs> God damn it, Brent! I had a dream about Terminators last night. Really? Yeah. Me and Arnold Schwarzenegger were going oh, I around. Know, I don't know. I don't know. The, this. The, the, it's not that bad. <laughs> which which one? Like T1, and we got Carl. He was a T800. T-800. He was just a regular Pops, T. Pops. He was just a regular T800, and he and I were walking around and shooting other Terminators. Nice. Yeah. That's it well, was like I've, the Han. I've had so many. Fr- you know what? He'd be a better John Connor than some of the John Connors we've seen. I agree. <laughs> man, let me tell you guys, the week started so strong, and then just like every movie, I'm like, oh, I, oh man. <laughs> it's like I'm like I'm at like it's like three in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is awful. No, I'm watching, <laughs> dude. I I mean, I know we're gonna get into it later, but. I'm watching T1 and T2. I'm like, God damn, these movies are fantastic. They're radical. No, Fanny's watching them with me. It's like four in the morning when we're, we're done. And we're like, man, that was a good movie. I pop in T3. I'm like, God, this movie is bad. We'll, we'll get, we'll into, get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah. Yeah. Besides, we'll into besides it. that, just um, I was helping Sparks out here with some photo projects that also involved me jumping into a freezing cold pool this afternoon. Heck yeah. I did that too. Did you get action shots of Bullsh- him jumping in the pool? No. Okay. He just had to be in the water. Yeah. I didn't. Not the pool part, but his photo project. Oh, part. okay. Yes, okay. Brandon was also in a photo. So was Ryan. We all contributed. Everybody's yeah. everybody's helping me get a grade. I don't and know if it's a good it's grade, but a. it's a grade. Straight A's, buddy. You're Straight getting an A's. A plus well, yeah. in my book. Ben, anything else? Uh, besides that, no. All right, Sparky Sparks. Oh, man, guys. I did a lot, and not just Terminator, but that took up a lot of time, too. I've been so busy. Mm-hmm. I got so little sleep. Yeah. Um, that's part of the reason why Fake Nerds Watch came out a little late this week. Sorry about that. Ain't nothing. Uh, it's also part and of the, I got very little sleep, which is part of the reason why I'm in my pajamas. Did you post today. about those yet? Frack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do it later. Um, Basement Arcade came out. Uh, so let's see. Uh, oh, I finished Blair Witch Basement Arcade. I nice. decided to go for uh, a walk. Three movies in a row mm-hmm. uh, with... Um, having seen Terminator Dark Fate on Sunday last week to do our podcast episode. And then Monday night I went and saw Maleficent. 
Mistress of Evil because oh, I hadn't seen it yet. I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I mean, neither of you expressed clearly on this podcast that that's just an X Men movie in disguise. Yep. Um, I did say there's X Men themes in it. I did. Uh, Excuse me. I, I said it. Might have said it. It was it was very much in passing. I listened to that episode. No, I, I wasn't d- there. I said there are X Men themes in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Phoenix stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore. No, I enjoyed it. I thought Angelina Jolie. Nobody, nobody's gonna watch Mistress of Evil at this point. He no, told, yeah, they will. He's told me about it. I'm like, I might go. No, I might wait for okay. Disney Plus. <laughs> so you told him about the Phoenix. Thing. I did. Yeah. Ah! Um, Famke Jansen, what are you doing here? Uh, I thought all the performances were pretty good. Surprisingly, Prince Philip too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect to like him as much as I did. Uh, I also, you don't often see Ed Screen get to play a good guy anymore, and uh, that was cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know he was in that movie until I was watching it. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought Angelina Jolie killed it. I thought Elle Fanning was was good. Honestly, uh, Maleficent might be my favorite role that she's ever done. She's, you know, like th- those movies are not incredible or anything, but she cast in those movies is something. Yeah, um, yeah. She brings so much to that, uh, particularly because they don't give Maleficent, and I think this is smart. They don't give Melissa Maleficent the most lines of, of like I think she has the. The most lines third or fourth in both movies. Yeah. Uh, most other people talk, but yet she's got a lot of screen time and she does a lot without speaking. Yes. That's something she's really, really good at in those movies. Um, and Michelle Pfeiffer is really good too. As uh, as the I really like Michelle Pfeiffer as a bad guy. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, she felt nasty in a way that I don't feel like a live action Disney villain character has felt. Do for you like a, a nasty while. Michelle Pfeiffer, Sparks? Boy, have yeah. I got a movie for Ooh. you, Stardust. <laughs> True. That's that's really good. I do like her in that too. Um, no, but I thought I thought the performance was really good. Oh, I thought um, that Angelina Jolie and, and the actor who plays Devold, who I don't know off the top of my head, but the, the the crow. Yeah. Like they got to like really shine in this one in comparison yeah. to the first. Like they they were good in the first, but here their relationship got to be much more Can, deep and that's interesting. funny because you said crow and shine in the same sentence. Yeah. How Doctor Sleep. Tr- yeah. How can we never turn me into a bear? Right. Do you want to be turned into a bear? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we talking about bears? Uh, <laughs> no, it's so... I thought that relationship worked really, really well. We already talked about The Lighthouse, but I saw that the next day. Mm-hmm. I took Wednesday off from watching movies, and instead I finished Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Course. Oh, shit! I finished that too. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, yeah. that was really good. That was the other thing. I finished that on, like, Tuesday. Uh, that was really good, but you could definitely feel that the creator was forced to cancel the series. Oh, God. There's, like, three things while I was watching that that show. It's like, that was rushed. That was rushed. That had to... Uh, you uh, could uh, say uh, it was the creators ca- versus the forces of evil? Mm, the forces of corporate <laughs> cancellation. Corporate, no. I mean, I still liked the ending. No, I, I still, did, too. I still like the ending. I still like what happened, but I could easily see there could have been like two or more seasons. I don't even, it, like, I said that I'm in a pretty good place with most of the main characters, but there's a lot of side characters that I feel like just didn't get to finish out their arcs because there wasn't time. Yeah. Uh, Ludo being, like, high oh, on that yeah, list. Yeah, Ludo got gypped. Just wait yeah. for the HBO sequel. <laughs> that's HBO uh, <laughs> Well, no, because that's, that's Star Wars The Force of Evil is Disney, oh, not cartoon. There you go. Disney, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You, you know what kind of sucks? I mean, I know that uh, I'm waiting for the weird, suddenly like all grown up version of Gumball that gets to be racy and mature because it's on oh, HBO Max. Oh my god, Ooh, that's, that's what I'm waiting that's the for. <laughs> Go on. No, I was gonna say because um, obviously, I even season two when uh, Marco and Kelly Polo were kind of like hanging Jackie. out. Jackie. No, no, Kelly. Oh, Kelly. Yeah, that's season three. Yeah, well, even season. Well, season. Th- oh yeah, you're right. Season three, they're hanging out, and then season four, there's like 
like the building blocks of their future uh-huh. relationship yes. were going to happen. I was yes. like, oh man, I kind of dig that. Sure. I mean, I really like that. And then it's like, oh wait, but this is the last season. Damn. Blah, blah. I, I don't remember if I brought it up the last time I talked about Star Wars The Force of Evil, but like major props to that show for like having a clear at least bisexual, if not fully lesbian relationship present in you season did. four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they went even further with that with the finale, showing it again, yep. which I was I was pleased with. Yep. The creators like, what are they going to do? Cancel us? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then Man, that shows. Dr. Sleep, Terminator which, movies. Which we saw, we saw Dr. Sleep together. We did, we yeah. did. That was um, nice. Thank you for inviting me to that. Yeah. It was a, it was a crazy week. Yeah. A lot of stuff. I think that's it. Groovy. I'm okay. probably forgetting something, but... Well, I always write my shit down. I need to start doing that, because I completely forgot I finished Star Wars Forces of Evil. Um, all right, so I uh, I will say up top, uh, I was on Downright Nerdy on yes. yesterday. Yes, you were. On Saturday. Oh, we, yeah? We did a discussion mm. of Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1. Oh, the one. Season 1? Yeah. I didn't know you were on that. I was going to watch that later. Nice. Yeah, he, he nice. asked me... He asked me uh, about a week ago to do it, and we, ma- we made it work. It was just him and I talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. He's doing a series uh, where he's going to have every episode be a different season That's and smart. then a different movie, uh, just to kind of get audiences familiar with Picard to go into the new series. Yeah, I, I need like to that. message him and tell him that I'm not going to be on that. Yeah, <laughs> Because he, he invited me, which I thought was really sweet, but I'm like, he, mm-hmm. he knows that... Or, or I think just doesn't isn't fully thinking about the fact that like I've never watched any of this, uh, so yeah. I'm like, uh, I mean, I could be there, but I wouldn't be providing anything mm-hmm. interesting other than going, really, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Famke Jansen is in the second season. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, it's not Jean Grey, uh, but it's Jean Grey and P- P- and Picard, Professor P- X, Picard X. Oh, it's oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Ah. look at that connection. Uh, I think that's actually how she ended up on. I X-Men. know this space girl. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he's gonna do that. He's gonna do that every week. Uh, going to the new series. Uh, I just remember what the other thing was. I finished reading the book Doctor Sleep. That's right. That was a big thing that I finished this week. And Oreo, my new kitty cat, he makes uh, many appearances, being a little brat. Heck yeah, he likes my attention. I got so many scars. Oh so many battle God. scars, dude. My hand is... It's worth it. They're too cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to the comic book store yesterday and my copy of Transformers versus Star Trek has finally come in. Nice. About damn time. This is Generation 1 Transformers versus Star Trek the Animated Series Star Trek. That's awesome. Uh, it looks so awesome. The Enterprise transforms into a Transformer. That's rad. Because you gotta... You're doing a Transformers comic. That thing needs to transform. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. The Ecto-1... And Ghostbusters versus Transformers transforms into a Transformer. I'm not surprised. And uh, they actually made a figure of that one. Uh, Did, do you guys ever uh, buy or see those Marvel ones? It was like, Spider-Man's also a car. I never bought one, but I saw them. <laughs> actually, yeah. Darth Vader's a tank there or was, something. For a while ago, this was years ago, I want to say 2009 or 2007. Sure. At Over at um, Disneyland, it could have been at other toy stores, but I remember specifically at the star at the gift shop at Star Tours, they had Transformers Star Wars mm-hmm. action figures. That was the whole thing. Darth Vader was like a TIE fighter. Or he something. was his TIE fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Chewie and Han Solo were combiners to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's weird. It's cool when it's vehicles. It's weird when it's people. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I also decided to, to catch up on the TV because uh, Zara... Uh, Zara and I decided we should just watch TV shows apart because we you know we don't we don't see a lot of each other. So I got caught up on many of my NBC shows like Superstore, 
uh, Will and Grace and uh, Jack. The the best one, which is the Good Place. Mm. The new season of the Good Place is really rad. It's the final uh, season, right? Yeah, final okay. season. It's really good. Uh, I'm so forking behind. Awesome. I'm nice. just a season behind. Yeah. Uh, the last season was good. The yeah. Last season was good. Uh, I think that show has been consistently good. Yeah. Like, I've never disliked any episodes that I watched. It's always pulling the rug out from under you. Mm. It's all. It always keeps it unpredictable. It's a really good show. I like the show. I a love lot. the demons. They're such jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted Danson is the best he's been. Yeah. I love him a lot. Hundred percent. Um, I caught up on some comic books like uh, Black Science. Nice. Uh, fi- finished that. That series is done. Yeah, it uh, is. Rip. Yeah, I, I like that series a lot. I've been pulling it since the beginning. Same. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. That's like, man, that's like when I started getting comics at Nor- the Northridge. Yeah. Long uh, time ago. 40. 42? 43 issues. 43, 43 issues. Jesus. It's uh, a good run. They, fin- they finally finished that one. And uh, uh, Absolute Carnage. Mm-hmm. I uh, caught up all the way to the newest Venom issue. Yep. That that book is real good, but should not be an event. Yeah, but you mean the event itself, not the Venom tie-in? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah it, it just feels like it could have been a Venom arc. Yeah. Like, th- the stakes that were there, I don't feel like they're there anymore. That's it feels thing. like extended fight scenes. Yeah, so the thing that, that Donny Cates talks about is how, like, Abyss, the next the next arc, not Abyss, um, Venom Island. Venom Island. Is going to be the, it's going to be bigger than Absolute Carnage. His series... <laughs> Was intended to be a sequence of escalating events, and for it Eddie starts Brock. with a giant Grendel dragon. Yeah. Like it starts big. So when you have this event, which is absolute carnage, the event, because it was meant to be a, uh, a an arc, will be overshadowed by the next arc, then yeah. the next arc, then the next arc, which is really they were trying armor. to capitalize on many things. Yes, with specifically specifically Donny Cates. Yeah, and you hear it like if you listen to Stegman and his amazing friends, mm-hmm. he talks about how he was approached to make Absolute Carnage the the summer event for Marvel. Uh probably shouldn't have agreed to do it. Yeah, but like it's good security for them. Yeah, like it, it definitely it's a lot more money doing a big <clears throat> event like that. I think yeah. also the hope was that that Venom can increase its readership. Yeah. Not that I'm saying it's doing badly, but that they can get even more people on board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um but I, I do really like it. Obviously, it's Donny Cates. I like everything mm-hmm. he touches at this point. And I haven't read many, or actually any, uh, but I hear the tie-ins are, are mostly pretty good. I've started to pick up the tie-ins. I yeah. picked up the absolute, the uh, Immortal Hulk mm-hmm. one, because uh, in the, uh, not really a spoiler, but uh, Hulk gets possessed by the Venom symbiote. Yeah. Uh, so they do an absolute, uh, an absolute Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> an Immortal Hulk tie-in that is written by Al Ewing, who is mm-hmm. currently writing the Hulk. And uh, we're in his mind as Bruce Banner is trying to figure out if he will accept the Venom symbiote into oh, that's his cool. head. So he's so it's it's him, Joe Fixit, Hulk, Devil Hulk. Yeah. And uh and he's like a couple of them are still dormant what so a they motley crew. So they don't get a vote. So they don't get a vote. But it's like this kind of cabal of Hulks that need to be like, okay, should we do this? Should we let Venom in? Should we Is it what, worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. Uh that that's a really good one. And then I picked up the uh Symbiotes of Vengeance. One yeah, shot. I was interested in that because that sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. Yeah, uh, I picked that one up too. Yeah, Carnage like drinks the marrow of this Ghost Rider and becomes a Ghost Rider Carnage. Yep. Uh, the cover's cool. It I didn't I picked it up mainly because I figured out it's a prequel to the Ghost Rider comic that's currently out. Most oh, of, most of what's a prequel to the Ghost Rider comic are is the last few uh, issues of Avengers before it launched. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just read it, Ghost Rider number two. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Symbiotes of Vengeance introduces the fact, it is the first meeting of Johnny Blaze and Denny Catch, not the first meeting, but like they meet and Johnny's like, you need to go help Alejandro. Mm-hmm. She's one of us. She's a Ghost Rider. Um, 
Which is not often used, Ghost Rider. Not at all, no. But that's cool that she's being used. Yeah. That's why I hear a lot of the times, like on Twitter, uh, uh, there's a lot of obscure characters who are getting like a one shot, who are like are in the Venom universe, like nobody cares about. And yeah. I'm like, for them, that's pretty cool. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, it does end with Alejandro's death. Rip. Which is the inciting incident of the Ghost Rider comic book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that so that's mainly why I picked it up. But it's a really cool, really cool one. Um, I love it. Uh, I didn't I didn't mention this last week, but I wanted to. Um, I did unless I did, and my memory is just bad. I'll let you know. But I did a VR thing called Bride of Frankenstein. I don't it, think you brought it. Up. You did not. Okay, so it's the it's this thing at Universal Studios that they had for the Halloween Horror Nights. It's a VR experience uh, based on the Bride of Frankenstein, where you get into a jeep and you put on your head you put on the headset, and so and the car ride is part of the is part of the thing. So mm-hmm. as the car is moving. The v the VR environment is also moving. Right on. And so the Bride of Frankenstein comes in and and she and she's like, you need to I need to get this to this place. Keep driving. Here's a gun and you fight these specter demons that are flying around. That sounds just like the Bride of Frankenstein movie. I remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and so there's all these like uh, demon things flying around trying to get this box and whatever. And the weird, yeah, it's a really, it's a really weird, really, but really fun. Yeah, it was a really fun, a fun thing. I, I, I really, it was free, because it was th- these guys in Germany were working on this thing for four years, and they brought it to the states to kind of like try it out. Awesome. So they're thinking about making it into like a like a void thing, but not necessarily sure, sure. Uh, because it's a drive thing. So mm. for those of you who don't know, the void is a similar kind of thing that I'm describing. Um, bummer we didn't get to do. It's that. just such an interesting because like, like. You think of the Bride of Frankenstein movie, and I remember because we watched it for last Halloween. Yeah. Like, she's not really in that movie very much at all. Yeah. And there's no demons. It's about shrinking people. That's a weird. That's a weird comedy it's a, movie. It's incredible how iconic and staying she has been. Yeah. In and she's in later movies and stuff. But like yeah. the movie that is based on her, she's in it for like 15 minutes at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so weird that she's the chosen one. It could have been like the Wolfman and Van Helsing or something. I but think. Like, a, I think a lot of it is like uh, the the staying power of like what that whole story meant at the time. Like. That's not something that's in the book. Yeah, you know that's something that's that's unique to that film. That that was the direction they went. This the 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 idea of we're we're better dead. Oh yeah, you okay. know yeah. Uh, that that that's how the monster itself responds uh, when faced with the notion of being isolated and ostracized forever. Yeah. Um, and I just mean in relation to this shooting demons game. It's weird. no, I get you. It's a, it's a weird thing. Uh, but I w- I just was thinking about this a lot because there's been like film music class discussions and things about yeah yeah um, the Brian Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, bring and, it in. And it's it's just really nuts. Uh, like it, there's there's something kind of weirdly feministic about it at the time, but that's not really the point of it. But like just the the response to it, yeah. uh, how iconic that became is. Really crazy, yeah. yeah. But the, the the ride was a lot of fun, though. That's uh, awesome. I, I really like the advances we're making in VR. Yeah, uh, like things like the void, where you can put on this pack and you see your friends around you, or this thing. Like it's it's get we're getting some pretty cool stuff. I yeah. mean, we do have pretty good video game VR. It's just incredibly expensive. Right. It's not it's not uh, uh, user friendly or consumer like consumer ready. Yeah. Like you can but you can buy like cheap VRs that are decent. PSVR is decent. Yeah. But so what I'm what I'm really enjoying is things like the void. Yeah. Uh, things like this thing. Like I I think we're getting some really cool strides there. It's better than the '90s for sure. Yeah. Uh, I remember the other thing I did this week. Okay, I'm done. Um, I oh, I, no, I'm not done. I went uh, mm-hmm. Friday night to see Coco live uh, with Coco concert Loco. to film uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, nice. Uh, you yeah. Didn't tell me. Yeah, I did. 
You didn't tell me this. I did. You were in the Hollywood Bowl and you didn't come to visit? Oh, well, no. I mean, but I did tell you a few weeks ago I was doing this. Oh, probably. Um, anyway, uh, so like Benjamin Bratt and uh, uh, Alana, Alana Ubach and Al, uh, Alex Gonzalez uh, are all there performing. Was there Ernesto De La Cruz there? Yeah, that's Benjamin Bratt. Okay. okay. Uh, and I, just like, I just love saying his name. So here's, um, so they're all there and they perform the songs from the film when they come up live in like this beautiful concert. Uh, Does B. Bratt got an actual good voice? So, oh shit! So <laughs> shade. Um, I love Benjamin Bratt. I think he's awesome. He uh, cracked at the end of "Remember Me." Yeah, really hard on stage. Not an emotional oh, no. crack. And then <laughs> he didn't come back out to sing the rest of his songs. Oh, oh no, B- Benjamin! Uh, they had. Um, uh, you were in Miss I, I forget who it was, uh, but what the one of the guest singers who was there, he, he filled in for him. Whoa. Um, Instead, that's a bummer. Poor Benjamin. Wow, uh, it it sucked. I felt real bad for him. You know what? Ernesto happened. De La Cruz deserves that sometimes. So uh, yeah, it felt. I felt so bad. Oh. Um, it it was a bummer to see, but uh, it was otherwise like an incredible experience. Yeah. I'd never been to Hollywood Bowl before, so that was really cool. Um, but uh, it's crazy out there. So many people. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hollywood Bowl is not my favorite place to but be. But they do these. Um, they did these beautiful projections on the bowl. Yeah. Um, to match every moment of animation in the film. So, like, when they're at the uh, Rivera house, it's the the front exterior of the Rivera house with the shoe sign at the top of the bowl. And then when they go inside, it's the ofrenda of his family is cool. on, projected on the bowl. When they go across the yellow petal bridge, the petals actually blow across and reveal the city of the dead. Nice. That's cool. Uh, the, the land of the dead. Um and that that sticks around, so it always matches. When they go to Ernesto's palace, it's the entrance. Nice set. visual, it's crazy. Flare. It's it, it was really effective. Um, I also <laughs> started Dolomite is my name. I'm only like thirty minutes in, but it's really good. Oh, I was gonna say it's it's a movie, right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, we started. You just okay. fell asleep. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep before. I could. It's really good though. The yeah. first thirty minutes, at least. I uh, keep forgetting it came out. That's the <laughs> Netflix model. Yeah, it sucks because I would keep wanting to watch it, and then I'm like, right. other stuff. All right, shall we get into our bread and butter? Sure. Yes. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. All right, then to start off, uh, this is this is sad news, but I wanted to bring this up because this is I think this is this is important. So Christopher Dennis, who is known as the Hollywood Superman. Oh yes, yes, yes. He is the he is the man on Hollywood Boulevard dresses up as Superman. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary about him. Uh, documentary about I watched him. that documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he passed away this week. That's a shame, man. Uh, yeah. That is a shame. No cause of death was given, at least in the obituary I read. But uh, that is that is really too bad. He was a really cool guy. Yeah. I wish I could remember the name of the documentary off the top yeah. of my head. Um, yeah, definitely check that out because that was cool. He was a really inspiring guy. Yeah. Uh, man, it's it's an interesting living tra- doing that kind of work. Yeah. Uh, and to continuously do it and not like get like beat down by it. Uh, like he still did it. Uh, he, was, he was like he was inspired by Superman. Yeah, he, he did this because he felt you know he wanted to embody Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's too bad that he passed away. Yeah, he's a good soul. Good shout out. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's get into some weird shit. Real quick, I forgot. I watched Gremlins two again. Guys, that movie slaps. <laughs> <laughs> that movie has John Glover, who is totally 
uh, this isn't even a political thing. He is a Donald Trump like character. Yeah. And like it, the yeah. whole jokes about him being like that and his whole his whole business model is hilarious. Uh, uh, Robert Picardo's in it. Yeah. Uh, I and that. I forgot. I was like, oh, he's, this is so good. And I just the practical effects in that movie are great. Go ahead. Gremlins two rules, guys. All right. Sorry. Uh, so some weird some some weird shit happened in Hollywood this week. What else is new? Um, for I'll start with the. The one that's not so controversial that I just think is funny as hell. There was a bomb discovered on the set of The Eternals. Oh, my God. Did you guys know about this? No, no. I didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah. There was a bomb discovered on the set of The Eternals. Not like so a, a fake bomb, a real bomb. A real bomb. Oh, Lord. That they had to, that they had to you know, evacuate, and the bomb squad came in. Uh, they were shooting a scene on a, ba- on a base uh, on the Canary Island of, not a word I'm going to pronounce. Canary Islands. On uh, one of the Canary Islands. Believed to be a bomb from when the Nazis occupied the base in the 1940s. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's yes. this is a much cooler story okay. than like some bad at, terrorist. Yeah, okay. at, which at is why I, thought, I brought it up. At first, okay. I thought it was when because when you said there was a bomb on on the set, I was like, I feel like I would have heard. I this thought news. it was like <laughs> some crazy white dude being like, oh, it's not dog. I don't know. But well, we're crazy. Well, technically, dudes. actually, well, technically, <laughs> technically, yes. <laughs> but seventy from years ago, 80, 70 years yeah. ago, when the Nazis occupied. How wild is that? That's pretty funny. That is. It's like funny. An old I mean, I'm glad that like nothing bad happened. Yeah. yeah. No, but, like, uh, but but that is yeah. Oh, uh, it reminds you know what? It kind of reminds me of that scene in Hot Fuzz where the they, land, yeah. yes the sea mine the sea mine yeah. yeah they're That's like exactly how what did I thought you too. Get that. It's That's what. <laughs> yeah, that was. I just thought that was the weirdest thing that this Nazi bomb was found on the side of the Eternals. Hey, wow. back if the Nazis occupied it, they probably had to up and leave shops, so probably some munitions were left lying around somewhere. Here's the less. Con- here's the more controversial news. Do you guys like James Dean? He's fine. I um, the, the, the the actor who died in 1955, not the porn star. Oh, I'm much more familiar with one of their works. Oh, oh. it's James Dean, the guy who was in the ca- who was in the canyon with Lindsay with Lindsay Lohan. Oh no, no, I know, <laughs> I know, I know James Dean, the actor James Dean, quite well. Yes, I did a book report on him in the fifth grade, and I dressed up as him. I've nice. heard yeah. of his name, and I never. I don't just, worry, I you're going to see him very soon. I just know the name. Got to watch some movies. Yeah. Uh, what else is new? The actor who died in 1955, at the age of 24, has been cast. In the movie Finding Jack, but yeah. he's dead. But he's dead, you say? He's been dead for over for as a main character. As a main character, but he did. But he did, you say? How are they going to do this? I mean, Disney does it, but not main characters. Not to this. No, extent. no, I know. That's just me. So for saying it. so for those of you who don't know, they are going to recreate James Dean through a computer and make that computerized James Dean act. It's gross, but. It, they did he this with did. Bru- they did this with Bruce Lee for a commercial that people were really pissed off about too. Uh, they did the same thing. The same people probably did the same thing with um, Jesus, Bright Princess Tiffany's. Oh, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's in, it's in, it's hideous. It's gross. It's yeah. really gross. Like things like even even Disney doing it like it's just gross to some extent. But like it's a small like paying homage to a character that like would be in the universe. This is just like yo, James Dean's alive again. So <laughs> so the hell. So basically, so so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read. I'm Who's gonna directing read. it? Directed by yeah. Anton Ernst and Tati Golik, mm, I guess. Not familiar. The project comes from the filmmaker's own recently launched production house, Magic City Films, which obtained the rights to use Dean's image from his family. Canadian VFX banner image en- engine will be working alongside South African VFX company MOI Worldwide to recreate what the filmmakers described as a, quote, a realistic version of James Dean, end quote. 
But why? <sighs> Real quick. We, we've searched okay, high yeah. and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, which, is, which has some extreme complex character arcs. And after months of research, we decided on James Dean. This is setting such a bad precedent. Like, yeah, you know what? I don't like any of the living actors. Let's just bring someone back from the dead. We can control I, Jimmy Stewart. I was, I was like, wow, this is stupid when I first heard about it. When they made those comments about, like, we searched high and low and couldn't find anybody, I'm like, no, now I'm mad. F you. Listen, James Dean is like, he's not even the best actor. Like, if for real. Like, he's a good actor, but, like, there are, there are yeah. dead actors. Like, you could do, uh, it's just, this is nuts to me. I can't believe this. It's not, so he, the guy, the guy compared Disney doing it. But, for example, uh, Sparks, you said this example in the car. If Harrison Ford was cast in a movie and they wanted to make a young Harrison Ford, that's not what this is. Not at all. Carrie Fisher being in Star Wars The, La- the Rise of Skywalker, not what this is. No. Because that's still her performance. I'm thinking of yeah. like also Grand impor- Tarkin. Also importantly, what they reference in that conversation, the Irishman, not what this is. Yeah. <laughs> they reference the Irishman of like, no, the, the, but those are the actors. They're not, re- they're not bringing Joe Pesci from the dead. Joe Pesci's alive. Well, close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Got ha- a foot Damn. in the grave. <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry. He's really old. Anyway, this is... Good on him. He's lived a long life that he's even doing this. Yeah. This is... Oh, I watched Home Alone 2 for the first time this week. I, we don't have time. Go on. <laughs> good Lord. It's good. Stop. Um, yeah, this is dumb. This is stupid. This is not setting I think this precedent. is frankly... I, I think this is frankly upsetting. I, like, as if I were any amount of a working actor film or not, uh, I'd be like, F you, man. Yeah. No way. We'll talk about it later in the review, but one of the things that I absolutely love about Dr. Sleep is they didn't do CGI like Jack Nicholson or like CGI Shelley Duvall. They just did, they got dif- different actors. It's distracting. It, it, it's distracting. It's distracting, especially when you know it's not them. So like this is like, no matter how real you can make it, you know when so- a person is CG. I, you I, know it. I think the only one that has been acceptable to me is Tarkin. Yeah, uh, as, that's, that's as, what because, I'm talking about. Because yeah. there's an amount of like homage and, and respectful tribute um, it doesn't feel hacked. And again, he's a character in that universe that exists. This yeah. isn't a, f- a, a random is, movie. An actor that has already portrayed that role. Yeah. This is yeah. this is a new movie. We haven't even said what the movie's about, but it doesn't matter. I don't... Is it a Western? It's a Vietnam... It's a Vietnam vehicle. It's a Vietnam war movie about James Dean and some... I mean, now James Dean. This is, A dude is going to be playing James Dean. They're going to have to get like a voice actor to sound like James Dean. Are they going to call him James Dean in the credits? Like, this is stupid. Yeah, they yeah. will. They will. But like call him James James Dean, Dean. but portrayed by someone else because there's got to be a portrayed by like the company that did the special effects. It's a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Oh my god! Oh, it is. It totally is. That's exactly what that is. Tropic Thunder predicted the future. (laughs) I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. A bunch of dogs are lost. This is a dark fate indeed. Uh, no, I like that dark fate. The bunch of dogs were lost in World War II, and they're trying to get them homes. I guess. Well, it's certainly not our salvation. Oh. Uh, it might just boy. be the genesis of something really bad. Spark stop. Can we rise of the machines out of this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna be sitting here waiting for Judgment Day. Uh, there we go. Just say Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> there we go. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. I also like that we more or less worked backwards for the most part. Yeah, we're just like, you know what? We're just gonna roll with it. I love it. All right, but yeah, this is dumb. I don't like it. They should not do that. Let's move on. How much money is this going to cost? I know. Too much. Too much. Too much. Nobody would fund Martin Scorsese to de-age these people in The Irishman. And people like those actors. Yeah. And they're alive. It's like, ugh. Come on. Someone must. I agree with you, Ryan. They're like, this is this could set a terrible precedent. Yeah. And it's and we're in such a day and age where it's like you shouldn't 
you can't come out and say like, oh yeah, we looked everywhere, could find somebody to do this. Yes, you could. Bullshit. You go to every there restaurant are so in Los Angeles. Many people, you could find anyone. There are you just not just in LA. You just didn't want to try. Yeah. Not just in the L- LA, the city, LA, the county, and OC, the county. Just like there's a million hey, waitresses and waiters just, just waiting for that. You call. just could just walk into a restaurant and be like. Hey, who here's trying to ha- trying to be an actor? Every single ser- server and buster just bust out with a headshot like me. Too bad you got robot James Dean. CG James Dean. CG Dean. Uh, it's a robot would express more. Oh rip! I still call <laughs> bullshit. The dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> the dude's dead. Speaking of that. Speaking of Robert Downey Jr. What did Robert Downey Jr. do? Oh, he's, he's the dude that's guys. No, uh, Disney Disney announced that they or that they are pushing for him for Oscar for Endgame. Oh, oh not just yeah. him, right? Like a a lot of people. The movie is also is being pushed, but it's, I think it's I admit, just. But him. It, I think actor wise, from that film, it's just him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're making a push for it, and I don't think they should. No, nah. I don't like. I like him. I think that, but this feels like. Well, he's getting an Oscar because he played Iron Man for all these. Movies. It's like a lifetime it's achievement not, award. Yeah, it's, it's not. not the same. It's not for he was particularly good in this movie. He was good. He was nothing exceptional. He's he's. I think I think he is really good, but like it, it's not. An not Oscar. in that movie. Not not on like. Oh yeah, best performance of the year for sure. Oh yeah, performance That's of not the year. That. Not at all. I just saw the lighthouse, man. That's not that. You are no crazy Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, that's fine. I thought that's where you were going because it was no. Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. Reference. I didn't even okay. have that. I forgot about that. Anyway, yeah. uh, Matt Reeves is a cool dude. He is. I really like it when he announces a casting of a of a of an actor in Batman. He just puts up a gif of their face on it. Hey, it's me. Um, uh, this is not what that is yet. Yet, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin. I'm so for this guy. Oh, and Andy Serkis is being eyed to play Alfred, <clears throat> with the opinion that Colin Farrell's bullseye is one of the most interesting and bizarre performances to see in that. Time of superhero films. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm all about him possibly paying, playing yeah. the penguin. I'm like, hey, you know, Colin Farrell like has been in shit movies sometimes. Everyone's but, been in shit movies, but he throws he throws himself. I was thinking specifically of Total Recall, True. where like that's not a great movie, no. and but he throws himself into it entirely. He, he's made nothing but like awesome indie movies besides <laughs> like Dumbo, but he's been in a lot of good indie movies the last couple of years, and I'm yeah. just like, this dude's so talented. He puts he puts his whole self into it. Yeah, I, I, unironically. I think both of these, if they happen, which no guarantee at this point that they will. Yeah. But if they happen, I think both of these are really solid casting. We've we've seen every iteration of the Penguin that we can, and like, like I, people are specifically thinking of the Telltale version, where he is more of a sophisticated mobster. Yeah. And I'm like, I would love to see a sophisticated mobster Penguin, because like we got the cool Danny DeVito version, we got like we got the comics version, we got the twirling I, umbrella version. I just I do want him to be a little gross. Oh, he could be gross. He could yeah, be yeah. a gross man. Yeah. But like I'm. He, he. This seems to be like a. Like I mean, physically, I want yeah. him to be a little physically gross. Hey, you want a gross penguin? Boy, have I got a movie for you. No, no, I, Star I know, dust. I know, but I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna get old. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I want, I don't want them to make Colin Farrell too a good looking. Yeah, I don't think they would either. You know, but like, I like. But that's I want what the penguin him, is. I, I want I him to have a gross thing. sneer too. Yeah. I kind of want to see a little bit of the design taken from the Arkham games, like with the beer bottle monocle. Well, he is not getting fat for that. See, that's well, more I'm talking like, about the beer bottle monocle. But that's he has. still he's oh, like yeah. a short, like like pudgy kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm thinking penguin. I'm thinking more like I I want him to look paler than he should. Yeah, I want him to have a nose that's a little messed up. It doesn't have to be super pointy, but messed up. I I don't want him to be attractive. Yeah, I want him to look a little gross. Yeah, I, can I feel think, it. I think Patrick Willem said it said it best. Like, there's like a bajillion Batman movies, but somehow Matt Reeves has made me really excited for this. For real? One. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. the fact that like there's so many villains doesn't scare me because no. I feel like like he's clearly setting up for the future stuff. Well, it's mm-hmm. not just that, but like 
it it helps the Arkham games that Gotham feels like a populated place. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is what that is. Yes. Like, you know what? If it's a mystery, maybe he's got to go to the Asperg Lounge to solve the mystery. Maybe yeah, and he's got to run into Sozo for the got, mystery. He has to uh, twist Penguin's arm for uh, for a few, for a lead. Yeah. yeah. No, these guys aren't, these guys, I don't think like mm. if the Penguin's in it, he's the, the main villain. Yeah. yeah. He's just there to further along the mystery. He's, just, he's sitting there counting his money and then Batman shows up. He's like, what do you I want think, now, I think Bat? that's an important thing that I've wanted both the Batman films and the Spider-Man films to get to. Yes. Where it feels like, hey, you know, it's never just like one dude happens to pop up at this time. There's always more of these dudes around. And sometimes they interact and cross over. Uh, I, I sorry, you go. I, I just like I, I think of those Arkham games, and I think of like a bunch of supervillains with a bunch of gang members, and, like going out like civil war with each other. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that is such an awesome concept, and like I can totally see like the direction, like introducing this many villains at once, they're all, they're gonna collide or something. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Colin Farrell has, is the one I'm most excited about. I love Andy Serkis, but I'm not sure if Andy Serkis is the one I want for the for the Alfred. I don't know. I could see Andy Serkis doing. Well, of course, Andy Serkis is doing is, is a big CG guy, so. He's not going to be a CG Alfred. No, I know. With uh, with him being no, I was thinking. Well, what were you going to say? Ryan? I'm saying he's going to be like the like the XMI six like badass Alfred. Clearly, yeah. like he's not going to be Earth One Alfred. Earth One Alfred. Yeah, he's going. He's Andy Circus. He's not going to be like oh hello governor. Now he's going to be like no. kicking ass. Even 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 so, like that's the I, best Michael Caine impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. I am I, I'm no way opposed to anything that Matt Reeves has thrown at us, including yeah. Andy Circus as Alfred. Um, he's not my first choice though. He's not my first choice. Is is what I was going for. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even have thought of him, but perhaps that a good thing yeah yeah uh but i damn. think he can do it oh yeah totally. and again like I'm robert pattinson is in his early 30s so like they're they're not doing they're not doing like year one batman yeah. but he's he's young batman so so andy circus is I'm, in his 50s that if makes there's, sense if there's that jeremy irons if there's any actor shot. currently working who's like famous that i would say is a chameleon andy circus oh. is high up on that list it's very true so i i mean like he can be whatever he wants to be oh yeah totally uh i love him in um the prestige Yes. Yeah. I just love that movie. That's he's he's movie. able he's able to like completely become other things. So if you cast him, I, I, he might not be my first choice, but I'm like he I lost, know he'll be good. He lost I know 150 I'll, pounds to play Gollum, guys. Yeah. Ooh. He's a chameleon. Oh, he should right. play the chameleon. <laughs> it's too bad that he's already in the MCU. Um, it's true. The Halo TV series has started production. No really news on what that has? one. They released Halo? a picture oh, of the full cast. Picture of the full cast was wow. released. Wow. Guys, everything for childhood there. is happening. We're there. It's happening. It's finally happening. Uh, I was just look, thinking. You you started the Halo theme, and look, look oh, where yeah. that ended up. I uh, I was surprised. Uh, I was thinking, just thinking. I was like, I haven't heard anything about that Halo TV mm-hmm. series. It's still happening. I forgot. They started the, a production. I forgot they were even doing a Halo TV series. I knew they were doing Halo something. Hell yeah! It's Showtime, right? Yes. Okay. Oh. It's good. Good budget then. And then. Uh, Warner Brothers, in their infinite wisdom, realizes that maybe having J.K. Rowling write all the Fantastic Beast movies was not a good idea. Oh, what? and have hired Steve Close. Right, right, right. To co-write the script with J.K. Rowling. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. What Steve, is it? Do, wait, uh, he did finally. Written? They he, realize that Steve Close wrote a lot of the Harry Potter movies. He wrote the original ones. Yeah, a lot. <gasps> he not did? all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah, he definitely wrote the David Yates ones. Yeah. Did he also? Did he write the first two? Don't think so. Damn. I think he came on a little bit later. Yeah. But yes, he's been working with J.K. Rowling a lot. Okay. Uh, he is, uh, uh, as Spark said, finally. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, guys? <laughs> didn't they what announce the, the date? date? That they did. I didn't care. But it's gonna be set in Brazil. No, I, I really? mean, but like, it comes out. Like, I think twenty twenty one, right? Twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because it was pushed. It was pushed back for the Flash or 
No, nope, I don't know. Because it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. Gonna, yeah. It's going to be set in Brazil? Yeah, they're going to go to the Brazil school of witchcraft. Well, already. I can't wait to not wow. care about that country now. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Look, uh, I think what was more disturbing is Warner Brothers being like, yeah, uh, we're not concerned. Commit to five. They could have bailed out here. They could have been yeah. like, you know what, one more, and let's let's just cut our losses and, and end this. Yeah. Nope. But you guys don't want to see more committed, Johnny, Johnny committed Depp? Committed to the five. Look, I have, I have, I have more <laughs> hope. Look, my expectations are very low after Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, there is no guarantee I will even see this next movie. However, it does give me, it does give me a little bit of quote unquote hope uh, that there is someone with Rowling writing these movies. Yeah, because clearly she's the weakest link in the films. Goodbye. Yeah, I don't know if I can go to another one of these in theaters. Honestly, I like I don't think I can. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as big a Harry Potter fan as as Megan, my girlfriend, and yet uh, she wouldn't even go see Crimes of Grindelwald. So I'm like, where where do I pull the she, parachute she made the right bail out of this yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I hit the ground and splat? No, I I think I get what Brandon's feeling. What what Brandon felt like was special when we saw Crimes of Grindelwald. Was it last year or two years ago? I don't, I don't care. Last yeah. year. Well, last year. when we saw Crimes of Grindelwald, Brandon was saying that you had. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting Jesus. I know <laughs> you were getting Harry Potter fatigue. You were sick I'm not of getting sh- Harry Potter fatigue. I hate that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were starting to not you, you were no, do, but, it, you but were, it made you unhappy with Harry Potter in hindsight. It yeah. did, yes. Which is which is what sucks. That's how I don't I don't want to feel that way. <laughs> I don't want to feel that way either, but they could have made a cursed child movie. I would have been okay. Dude, give it time. I would be okay with that. Give it time. It's going to happen. Bring back the cast. Dude, seriously, like, after these Fantastic Beast movies come and go, like, they'll be the right age. They'll yeah. do it. Yeah. They'll make a billion dollars. Yeah, but I'm st- I feel like every time someone mentions the crimes of Grindelwald, Fantastic Beasts, I'm like, can I not? It just bums me out because, like, like we all grew up with Harry Potter. Yeah, uh, and like, like I know, like, like we all like Harry Potter to various degrees, but, like, I never want to, like, not, I never want to say, oh, I don't want to see that next movie. I, yeah. I never want that feeling. I, you yeah. know what? I know we got a lot to do today, but I just want to take a slight tangent now. Baby, this is a tangent. Do you city. really think that Cursed Child could get all three of the actors back? Yes. Throw it no, out. I don't think so. Yes. I don't think Rupert Grint would come back He at just all. watched him in a Netflix TV or in the Apple TV show. Yeah, yeah. He's doing an Apple show, but he won't do I'm a not, billion dollar movie? No, I absolutely don't think he wants to play Ron Weasley ever mm. again. Dude, in 10 years from now? I'm serious, man. I'm, you know, the thing is, like, it's a different mentality when it's like, I've been doing this role for a long time, like the char- the actors who are in most of the Marvel movies, and I was a child star and yeah. lived through that. There is a different mentality. I think you could get Emma Watson to say yes. You might get Daniel Radcliffe, but uh, he's also, I think, kind of iffy if you could get him and i don't think you could get i'm Rupert saying Grint time is a nostalgia will Rupert grant's coping therapy after he stopped doing the harry potter films was to run an ice cream truck around britain for three years mm-hmm. rather than do anything he else. also did a netflix show i watched with my mom no uh, yeah he, he started he started like called? working back in but it's I, I forget the name but he had fake cancer do you remember that, that, bill <laughs> oh, I remember that show do you remember that bill nagy movie he did wild target I remember it. I remember the poster. I like that movie. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a situation that if they all came back, they would all come back. Yeah. You know, like the X Men. Yeah, all in the yeah. comeback. I'm just saying, I can I can very easily see reality the way that some of them have talked about the experience in hindsight, on on like just themselves. That especially Rupert Grant. Like I'm like I could definitely see not coming not coming back yeah. for this. Sure. Yeah. Um, Billion dollars though. Yeah. Anyway, you already have so much. No, I know. At that point, like I'm just that I'm, doesn't work on everyone, no, especially people who like start to like living the indie film life. And that's like the thing; like neither of them have dead careers. No, down with Fantastic Beasts. Anyway, I can't. I still can't find them. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate that movie. I shouldn't have put this in. I'm triggered. <laughs> anyway. Fantastic uh, Beasts and How to Not Find Them. Marvel Cinematic. You know, that Marvel Cinematic Universe news. <laughs> Uh, well, it's actually Disney News. So Marvel Cinematic Universe had some good news. Uh, Moon Knight and She-Hulk got showrunners. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Moon Knight is by, is going to be a showrun by Jeremy Slater, uh, who helped who helped co-create uh, Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Hell yeah, baby! Oh, uh, wrote the first, and I have to stress the first draft of Fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's sure. his first draft script for what that movie became. He has nothing to do with that movie at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is yeah. Uh, it's a, a shame because I'm seeing a lot of people hate this news because of that. Me too. And I'm like, oh, you guys don't know how movies are made. <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen the same. So I want to stress the first draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He wrote the first draft. Yeah, it's called the first draft. And then She-Hulk is Jessica Gao, who was a, who's actually a, sh- a writer on Rick and Morty. Yes, yes. And she also, I just looked it up. She did, she's done a bunch of writing for various other shows, but she got big on Rick and Morty. Yeah. And I'm like, she Rick and Morty is clearly a clever show. So like, yeah. good, good. And she, good. Um, I'm she so the, excited. She wrote the Pickle Rick episode. Oh. Most notably. She's the most infamous Rick and Morty writer then, because that thing is <laughs> infamous now. So I think pickle Rick! Oh, I think this is a good get for... I think both of these are good gets I for... I can't believe these both these shows are happening. I want to I say that Pickle Rick episode. She-Hulk is, the most she is so episode. crazy to me. What an incredible time we live in. For real. Right? Yeah. She's going to be a, lo- a Hulk lawyer. <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope they don't do CG. They, they can't, man. They can't just make just do what they do in the Hobbit and make her look bigger than the other yeah. people. Yeah. Oh God, guys, I cannot wait till Tuesday. Because she's there's definitely going to be some CG. Who I are know. You kidding? But she but she doesn't need to be CG. No, I mean she's a bit she's like eight feet tall, but you could make a regular person look eight feet tall if yeah, you need to. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, she has some muscles, like, right? Like more than in her normal form. Sure, but you could get like a oh I guess. But they then, then they Dr. would Man look Hatton like that did. in the normal form. Yeah. Doc, to be fair, Doctor Manhattan was like. Like all light and then all CGI. <laughs> yeah, but it's like one dude's body on top of, uh, and then uh, his head on top. Oh of yeah, different body. That's true. Uh, we're not movie makers. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> the She-Hulk transformation. <laughs> oh man, Lou. Uh, Loki. <laughs> Sorry. We heard. We heard from Kevin Feige. You were right, Kevin yeah. Feige. Uh-huh. Uh, that the Loki TV series will be somehow connected to Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness uh, because of multiverses. Everything's connected. Mm-hmm. So to tie in. Loki's coming back to the but, but not our Loki. No, a different Loki, but yeah. just, just like Gamora's coming, just back. like Gamora. Yeah, um, that's not fine. like that doesn't happen in the comics all the time. I'm just it's saying. True. I was about to say like we are actually entering that age where like dead characters and alternate characters can come and just hang out with the regular characters. I'm like, oh, now this is a comic book universe. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, like somewhere down the line, old man Robert Downey Jr. from another universe is happening. Oh yeah, old man Chris Evans from another universe. We've already is got happening. old man Chris Evans. No, another one. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Uh, so yeah, I. Uh, all that's good news. I'm a yeah man. Tie in, tie in issues, baby. All right, Star Wars news. The Mandalorian uh, comes out in two days. Comes out in two days. The first episode is going to drop on the nove- on November twelfth, but the second episode will drop on that Friday. Oh. <gasps> and then we'll be every Friday till it's over. Wow, that makes okay. it easy for the first episode. Yeah, the first <laughs> week to watch. So yeah. random question about Disney Plus on Tuesday. Does that is that dropping at midnight on the twelfth? Or is we it... stay up late and we want to know. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, I want to watch Mandalorian the second I can. If you go to if you go to the Disney website, it has a Genesis type countdown to the oh, launch sh- of Disney Plus. Holy shit, how poetic. I made that joke last night. How poetic is that? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, we were watching Genesis last oh, night man. and the and showed Genesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did. I can't wait to be with you all tomorrow. And I'm like, Skynet's just Disney Plus. Oh, <laughs> God. 
That was not planned. I didn't know that you did that. Is it Matt Smith? So it, mu- it must be a midnight thing. So a midnight could download. On Matt Smith just becomes like the host face of Disney uh, <laughs> of Disney Plus. I want to. Like, hey, welcome. Hold on. I want to be clear, Ben. You know I was joking, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, good. Uh, all right. The bad news. Oh. Uh, well. Yeah, what you think about it? I don't care. Uh, according to Variety, Bob Iger says that Star Wars will be going on hiatus after the Rise of Skywalker. No, it needs a good. Break. It needs like a break, like Marvel this got isn't a break. New and also, it's not true. Well, so what? So what the Variety guy said is that you know after the Rise of Skywalker, because the David Benioff films are no longer happening, mm-hmm. uh, there will be no Star Wars films to take that place. So those Star Wars films are canceled. Right. Um, and then we don't know when the next Star Wars mm. film will be released. So, and it's like Ryan Johnson's will be like two or three years. Well, Isn't so this what we wanted though? So that's the. Uh, I mean, it's yes and no. Um, I wanted them to replace it with the Ryan Johnson films. However, Ryan Johnson said recently after this news broke um, that they are that they are still in contact, but there's been no movement mm-hmm. on these movies. So I wonder if perhaps, uh, you know what? It's probably a guarantee that. Bob Iger realized that going so hard and so fast with Star Wars was not the best idea. Mm-hmm. And after the Rise of Skywalker, he's looking at it as a taking opportunity. Like, okay, perhaps we don't commit to so many Star Wars movies I mean, right off the a- bat. Alan Horn all but basically said that exact sentence yeah. uh, publicly and was like, yeah, we went too hard, too fast on Star Wars. Yeah. He basically said it. So Bob Iger also said recently, this is kind of related, that like uh, he doesn't believe that um, low admission to the Disney parks this year were due to increased weight uh, prices of admission or due to uh, Galaxy's Edge not being finished. No, sorry, he does say it's because Galaxy's Edge isn't finished. That's why he's saying it's not uh, a failure or a disappointment. It's that uh, it it's everybody is just waiting for it to be completed with the new ride. Yep. Look, I agree that Galaxy's Edge d- it was not shouldn't be considered a disappointment because as we talked about with Disney's earnings. If you lose a billion dollars after you've made $20 billion, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, but bullshit this is absolutely due to the raised price. Because yeah. Because they raised the prices over 15%. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to justify publicly because they're probably going to do it again next year and no, they're going to get a big backlash. No, yeah. F you. It's the, price, it's the price wages. That's why people aren't going to Disneyland that much. So, yeah. So, um, uh, Bob Iger and Team Disney, uh, Team Star Wars will be focusing mostly on the television shows uh, right now, good. And yeah, then, uh, I I like this. Yeah, I mean, I like it, and I, I don't because I wanted the Ryan Johnson films quick. I believe, yeah, but I prefer quality. Much, yeah. I so. believe very much that we'll see a Star Wars film fill in at least one of those slots that it originally had. Uh, in maybe that with the Avatar films. Maybe the it might not track. be the first one, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the second track where Star Wars supposed to happen, Star Wars. They might fast track that solo Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Maybe. If it's just a one and done, they yeah. can like, oh, well, now we have room. Do you want to develop it now? I didn't know he was making it about Solo. Oh, no. Oh! Oh, <laughs> I got him. It's true, all of it. <laughs> um, but he's going to de-age Harrison Ford. Instead of yeah, Kyle. just like the new Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, Oof. That's not official yet. Please, no. So, I, yeah, I think this is. I think it's a good idea, obviously. Look, t- definitely take a break. Star Wars is not meant for a, yeah. as, a, as a consistent franchise like Marvel yeah. films. And one of the problems that, that Disney has had with Star Wars is making the false assumption that it would be another Marvel. Um, they they We see it with Solo mostly that they wanted to keep kind of the Marvel formula of the post credit sting almost with the Darth Maul thing. Uh, another Star Wars film every year. They, wanted, they were one, one time talking about two Star Wars films every year boy and so and so that show that has always shown to me 
that while Kathleen Kennedy, I feel, has a handle on, on Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And Filoni, obviously. Um, Bob Iger was always kind of pushing for another Marvel. And that was always a mistake. So yeah, taking man. a break is definitely a good idea. However, really hope that we get some movement on that Ryan Johnson film. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting a little worried. Yeah. And also this taking a break kind of helps ease into Star Wars being a generational thing again. It's true. That's true. Because that's one of the things that Brandon... There's something special about that. Yeah, because Brandon, that's what you were talking about uh, a while ago, how... Last week, actually. Yeah, what Star Wars wasn't going to be generational, and now it might be generational again. And I'm actually for it being generational. I'm okay with waiting 10, 5, 7 plus years in between sagas, or in between trilogies. Oh, for a saga, we might wait forever, but like... I mean, they're going to be pumping out Star Wars movies sooner or later. Yeah. Unfortunately. But it, it looks like... At least to me, it looks like Bob Iger is finally kind of letting the leash loose with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, letting her take the take the reins of her company. You know, a lot of the things with all of the firings, a lot of the stuff that we know is from Bob Iger's side and not her side. Mm-hmm. To be honest, nothing uh, related to the future of Star Wars with decisions coming from Iger really matter because he's going to be replaced soon. True. Next year, next year he is leaving He's leaving the company. Peace. So we'll see what happens in a year. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, and obviously, like working on the TV shows does allow Star Wars to to explore. Star Wars has always yeah. done really well on TV with the animated shows, so exploring new avenues probably a good idea. Who knows how awesome it's going to be with The Mandalorian coming out. Yeah, yeah. Obi-Wan, bitches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Quick little side note, I was talking to one of my uh, buddies um, at work, and he asked me about Obi-Wan. He was like, yeah, so when is that coming out? I was like, oh, it's that they haven't started filming that. And he's like, but I thought it was coming out when Disney Plus started coming out. I was like, oh, honey. No. no. <laughs> oh, no. We're getting Mandalorian at launch, but not Obi-Wan. All right. Uh, Scream 5 is happening. Yeah. Do you hear that, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening? So it hasn't been announced if uh, Kevin Williamson is coming back to write the script because he's written with Wes Craven all four of the previous Scream films. Um, and if you can't get Wes Craven back, which you can't, um, if you can get Williamson, um, I think that I will automatically be a little bit like, okay, I, I agree. I'm I'm on board. But if sure. this is going to be without Williamson, I don't even want to see any of the original characters. Sure. I don't I don't want to. I don't want anyone else writing it. Uh y- if you want to like do a whole new like version and reboot like based in the world of Scream where uh you know the stab movies are are pop culture and everything, that's fine. There is open room to tell different stories related to that, but I don't want to see uh Sydney again. I, I doubt we could even see Courtney Cox and David Arquette both back in the movie considering their divorce, even though it's amicable. I wouldn't be surprised because that film was very much tied to their relationship life. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, just don't know, um, I just don't know if I want this at all. I, I, I think there is a lot of room to like explore what the effects of, of the way that the stab things have happened from a further removed outside perspective. I can see an interesting take on that happening. Uh, but I don't know that there's anything more to do with Sydney in them, and I certainly don't want to see it done with anyone who hasn't been the writer this entire time for them. I'll say, are they gonna do like a Force Awakens and it's like introduce a bunch of new characters? I think that would be fine if like none of the originals come back. If they, yeah. if all it is is that you know like the, all the events of the previous films have happened, it is this thing. What that if it r- starts is... with Sydney getting killed? No, I don't want that. Okay, I th- I think that's I think that's useless yeah. and and undercuts undermines the purpose of the of the previous films this should be one where someone has like taken a lot of notes on everything that's happened related to the stab pop culture phenomenon um but it's in a totally different part of the country they're making their own version of the story at this point it really does have nothing to did do did you watch with that Sydney. show 
Um, I watched the first season. Okay. It's not that though, because that, no, I know. You know the stab thing doesn't exist in pop culture, and that's why I'm saying like specifically, if you are going to continue the series where these films have already existed in a continuity, I do think there's an interesting story, but I think that it has to be without the originals at this point, unless Williamson is writing them, in which case I'm like I trust him. Make so. it about boomers. <clears throat> um, yeah, in some ways you could. There's a lot of issues you could you could un- undertow into that, and it mm-hmm. could be interesting. We're gonna we're gonna use this to lead into our discussion of trailers. Sorry, real quick. Um, Scream is very much like a serial killer version specific slasher of The Purge. If you let it loose, you can let that pop culture phenomenon allow for many different stories where they just wear the mask of that character, true, who is an icon for twenty plus twenty plus years Ghost in face. continuity for having killed people. That's something. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, all right. So, like as I said, this is going to lead into our trailers. Uh, Spectre Vision's Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah are partnering with Color Out of Space director and writer Richard Stanley uh, to create a cinematic universe based on the works of H.P. Lovecraft. I'm into it. It's crazy that that's happening before we get a Stephen King universe. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot less expensive probably. <laughs> Considering that rights are just all over the place is really the only thing that I think hinders yeah. it. And uh, Lovecraft is a uh, public domain, right? <coughs> yes. At this point, yeah. Yeah. So th- that said, the Color Out of Space trailer has a uh, is out. Nicholas Cage new movie. What do Nic- you guys think? Nicholas Cage. You guys know how much I like H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Nicholas Cage and and like crazy horrific Lovecraft stuff is like a match made in heaven. Yeah. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Uh, like I wasn't like super blown away by this trailer, uh, but like I think it looks very very interesting, and I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, I definitely like it's the producers of Mandy, so like I definitely got some Mandy vibes, but it doesn't look like the same quality level as Mandy. No, uh, which I can definitely tell. It does not look like Mandy. Uh, you guys should watch Mandy. Holy shit! Uh, it just makes me want to watch it right now. Uh, but I will support every H.P. Lovecraft movie because uh, they are always bonkers, and they don't make enough of them. No, they don't. That's why I love Death Stranding. And certainly not these more bit. ancillary stories like yes. this one. Yeah, like this one, yeah. Even though we did watch a, a, an okay one. There's a small little in- independent film of this that I do think is is purely very fascinating in the way that they decided to tackle that, that this color doesn't exist. It's supposed to be a color that they've never seen before, so the whole film is black and white, and then the color that actually shows up is a color of, of purple and pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really makes it feel separated. Color stand, makes you crazy. Stand apart. Um, it's a cool concept. I do think that it really bases a lot in how are they going to reinterpret a lot of the pieces for a more modern age, um, because that story is set much further back. Definitely looks um, trippy. Did you but get, but huh? did you guys see that they um, are making a Skyline three? <sighs> did you guys ever see Skyline? Ah uh, yeah, that yeah. movie. That movie. Real bad. <laughs> real quick. That movie's made by like three people, and they used the apartment that they live in to sh- to to make that movie, and they did all the special effects themselves. Don't and they them. made a trillion dollars, that fake amount of money, because they made it themselves, so it was super cheap. And then they made Skyline Two, that went straight to DVD. <laughs> Frank Grillo's in that. Yep. I wasn't even. Donald Faison is in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. They're making a third one. Sorry. Jesus, America. Yep. <laughs> What were we talking about? Skyline sucks. Uh, color, <laughs> color out of the. This movie hopefully space. doesn't suck, man. It's the light that can that reminded me because gotcha. the whole point of Skyline is the light. The co- trailer was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was real bad. Ben, yeah, anything? It looks trippy. Hey, you don't like Lovecraft as much as you like Stephen King, though. I hate you. He's yeah, he's not wrong. You've experienced. He what? loves King's Craft. Mm. There you go. King's Craft is their fusion form. I'm, I'm nope. I'm not going down Stephen that rabbit King, hole. Stephen King, but he's a. <laughs> 
but he's a racist. <laughs> All right. The next trailer, a, a Christmas Carol. It's the BBC original version of Christmas Carol. I think it's a miniseries. Like, looks it looks like it. It looks like it. Yeah. Uh, this has um, Guy Pierce. Hell yeah. Playing Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy Serkis is the ghost of Christmas past. Jesus. So we don't know who uh, is the ghost of Christmas present. Future Marley, we don't know that. We don't know who Cratchit is. Now, I, I, you are a much bigger fan than I. Are there, book. are there like movies or plays that have uh, all the ghosts played by one person? Jim Carrey is a Christmas Carol, but Robert, Robert, Robert yeah. Zemeckis. Would Would you be fine if it was just Andy Circus playing oh, three? Yeah. Okay, let's cool. do that. I didn't know if that's something like that, that they do. That sounds awesome. Okay, cool. Now that you've said that, I want that. Good. <laughs> do you hear that? BBC. Yeah. Change your change your show yeah, yeah. if you haven't already. British Broadcasting Company, do it. Because that's actually one of the things I like in the Robert Zemeckis movie is that Jim Carrey plays all the ghosts and Scrooge. Yeah. It creates this idea that the ghosts are an extension of him. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And Jim Carrey is also a really good actor. So he's able to do that range. Scrooge McDuck. Uh, oh, Gary Oldman's Cratchit in that movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So this oh, is a, was this that also uh, um, the guy who was the detective in Roger Rabbit? Um, oh, Bob, Bob Hoskins? Hoskins. Yeah, that was his last movie, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. He Could be. is in that. Which one? Yeah. Christmas Sorry, Carol. Christmas Carol. No, he was in the Snow White uh, film that with Kristen Stewart as one of the dwarves. <laughs> He's in Snow White and the Huntsman? Yeah, that wow, was I one of see his that. last films. Yeah. I should Bob see that movie, Bruce. I guess. Seriously? Wow. I didn't even know that. Anyway, I didn't know that. So yeah, uh, I, as Ryan said, I really like Christmas Carol. I've seen most of the adaptations. It's my favorite book. Um, this just looks like another Christmas Carol. It looks good, yeah. It looks, it good, looks like a darker it's a little Christmas darker, Carol. Like, yeah, like the Patrick Stewart one. Yes. That's a that's a real. I just had one. to do a quick Google to make sure that I was right. And yes, Bob Hoskins was in uh, the Snow White and the Huntsman with Kristen Stewart. Quick, he's, one the, quick he's one of the drawers, dwarves. Uh, <laughs> I was like, he's one of the dwarves. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I tripped on my uh, so tongue be- there. It's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, yeah, him and uh, Ian McShane are both dwarves in that, Shit. along with uh, Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. Yeah, yeah. I should see this movie or just no. watch their scenes just, on YouTube. Uh, just watch yeah, just those watch scenes. those scenes. You know what? Honestly, uh, Kristen Stewart's pretty good in it. Yeah, yeah I, I won't deny that. It's yeah. just not a it's good script. It's also Hemsworth, right? Yeah. 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 All right. That's like it's his just first not a, pre, like, it's after. It's just not a good script. Okay. It's Charlize Theron, too, as yeah. the evil queen. And, like, it should it should be better. And, like, it's visually interesting, but it should be better than the it script's is. script's not that good. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Servant, which is the new M. Night Shyamalan Apple Plus TV series. This looks really weird and cool. But yeah. Nick Jonas? Toby Kebbell? Toby Kebbell. There you go. Doc, not, yeah, bad Doctor Doom. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. This crazy couple has a has a fake baby that they hire a nanny for, and she's totally cool with it because she's also a little nuts. Maybe. Uh. I'm into this show. Yeah. It's a shame it's on Apple Plus. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. But that was weird. I will tell you what though. Like, get a little villains vibe from it. Yeah. Like, like everyone's bad. Um. Apple Plus seems to have a lot of really good original programming instead of just taking a bunch of other things. Uh. So I give a little bit of credit, even though like I'm not gonna buy it. Unless yeah. like I'm waiting for that one show where I'm like, all right. Like but it hasn't happened yet. That time, of, that Doom. Like if they were like, we're doing a Doom TV series. Doom like or Dune? Dune. Dune. That's, yes. that's HBO Max. I know, but like yeah. that similarity. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. Dune for B is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Soul. Yeah. The new Pixar movie. Um, Cute little tease about uh, with Jamie Jamie Fox, right? Jamie Fox. Yeah, I think so. The actor. Uh, yeah, this looks pretty cool. I, I I like this. This looks very Pixar esque. Yes. Um, someone posted on Twitter. It was like you can tell how how messed up you're gonna get by the end of the movie by by, by the by the bits in the trailer. that says from the team who brought you the sad ones. Oh so yeah. So it's like Toy Story yep. and 
Wally. You're like, oh, rad. I'm in for an adventure. Inside Out. And inside Up. Out, Coco. Oh, up or Coco. Oh, all emotional movies. It's like, oh, no. oh, hey, remember all the movies where we forced you to cry? Yeah. Bing bong, baby. Yeah. yeah. I, I talked to you guys a bit about this from the stuff from D23. Yeah, um, yeah it's pretty cool. Animation uh, looks good. You know who uh, the girl is that the soul, girl soul he's talking to? That's yeah. Tina Fey. Mm. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey are the leads for cool. this one. Nice. Uh, yeah. Annie, 2014's Annie with Jamie Foxx? No, I didn't. No. no. I liked it. Hey, that's fine. That's cool. I just didn't see it. It's bad, oh. but I liked it. <laughs> it's a hard knock life for them. Uh, um, I, 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 this is a good trailer. I need to, I want to see more. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's standard it's, Pixar. It's standard Pixar this teaser. Pixar, yeah. However, this actually sold me because it was, it felt more like Pixar. Sold you? Oh. Oh, no. oh. Onward, as we talked about the first trailer for Onward, I was not sold on like, this doesn't feel like a Pixar. Yeah, I was the uh, one who was sold off the bat I, on that I think one, that it's onward. helped by the fact that like, this is the kind of thing just like when Inside Out was first being shown that it's like, no other animation studio is tackling this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And so like, for the sure. trailer, I'm like, that's a Pixar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, looks cute. All right. The Invisible Man was the last trailer that came out this week. Oh, boy. I think this looks awesome. This <laughs> the Invisible Man. Lee Winnell's, <laughs> Lee Winnell's new reboot of the Dark Universe. I, is Third it, time's is the charm, it, guys. Is it, though? Blumhouse did speak when he, they first announced this, that they were taking the reins of the Dark Universe, whether that means they're doing shared universes or if they are just got licensed to the make subtly, horror movies yeah. based on these monsters. That remains to be seen. But this is Lee Winnell, director of Upgrade. Uh, he's also in Aquaman as the mm. plane. For five seconds. Plane flyer. Yeah. Pilot. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, uh, this looks really great. Elizabeth Moss, the lead. Again, people, uh, am I crazy? Is this actually happening yeah. to me? And like she 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 portrays that really well. Yeah. Uh, I really like the bit where she's like, there's someone in that chair. She's zooming on and the chair. And you see yeah. like the, the imprint yeah. of, of the, the invisible There's man. an indentation there. It's like, oh, this, there is someone of the there. Hollow man. From the get-go. This was the direction they should have been going. Yeah. This is a horror movie. Yeah. And you feel it. And I, I like this trailer I a lot. I really want to see Invisible Man. I do too. Yeah. Sparks. Uh, yeah, I think it looks really good. I echo a lot of what you guys were saying. I just think it showed me t- too much. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to see another it trailer was a, for this a because I saw, I saw, I think I saw a bit from like every different separate like locations of this movie. I'm yeah. like, I, I feel like I've seen a lot already. Yeah. Um, like I've seen her getting the upper hand on him. I've seen her we've seen him a way be to see like, him yeah, already. Seen him. I'm I mean, like, Lee Winnell said, is like, "This is like if you showed me all of Hollow Man in three minutes." Lee Winnell did say, "Is like this wasn't everything. Like, I'm there's sure so it's much not, more in the yeah. movie." I'm good. I'm glad. Um, this still felt like too much. Yeah. I, I would. I just personally would prefer to know less, Definitely especially for a first trailer. For a first trailer, three minutes is a long time. It, yeah. yeah. Um, but that also if it's the only trailer, fine. Yeah. That also says to me this will be the only trailer. I hope, I hope so, so because. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think Blumhouse is going to put a lot of marketing material into this one. It's a low budget. They don't need to. They don't need to, yeah. So I figure that we're probably not going to see a whole lot in the Blum- marketing. Blumhouse strategy usually is just to have one trailer and then play it way too much. Yes. <laughs> Ready or not. There uh, you go, yeah. I like that movie a lot, though. Uh, I think. Purge. I forget the actor's name. Uh, the guy who's playing like the Invisible Man. His name's like... Uh, Jackson Cohen or something, but he was in Haunting of Hill House, and he's like the number one guy that people want to play Moon Knight because he plays crazy really well. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, seeing him in this trailer, even a little bit, he has the crazy eyes, and I'm like, oh my god, he'd be he'd be such a good Moon Knight. Uh, this looks really cool. I I just like the the premise of the Invisible Man of like this guy develops this formula and he goes mad and, and he's invisible. It's such a nice it's such a nice uh, way to adapt it for the modern era. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it doesn't feel too forced. It feels like this is. 
look, the premise of the Invisible Man is that a dude turns invisible. Yeah. Well, we don't need to adhere to much else. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, probably will also have a post-credit scene where Charles Dance said us and the game is on. I was just <laughs> thinking, like, w- what possible thing could it do? It's like the organization that the Invisible Man works for is like, oh, this formula turns you hairy <laughs> like a wolf. <laughs> This one makes you vampiric. Yeah. I mean, Invisible Man, even in the classic Universal monster films, is is very ancillary and separated yeah. from the rest of the Universal monsters. I mean, yeah. we didn't even see Johnny Depp in The Mummy. Because he's invisible. Wow. <laughs> Guys, remember, Johnny Depp was cast as the Invisible Man. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Every, so it's really, still f- I didn't Bill see Condon. him there. Cool. Oh, yeah. I still want that <laughs> Bill Condon movie, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, that's supposed to come out happening. like I'm so earlier. That's supposed to come out earlier this year. Yeah, Harvey Ardem playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm dude, still dude. gonna say I want it until yeah. we get a Bride of Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Anyway, I this looks it. good. I'm really looking forward to this. This is the first time that I looked at mm. at a um, Universal monster remake and said, "That's it. You did it." It was Hol- Hollow Man. Was that supposed to Wasn't be Angelina Jolie in it too? Yes. Because I was just about to say that. In, in Bride so. of she was going to be Bride. Yeah, that was going to oh, be great. Oh, man. Is Hollow Man supposed to be like a remake of The Invisible Man? Or is that just an, like uh, like an homage to it? Is it supposed I'm, to be like... I'm pretty I'm, sure it's supposed to be a remake. I've okay. not seen it. Okay. So. Uh, I think that movie is fine. I remember thinking it's fine. I it mean, has a cool I mean, gorilla it's, turning it's invisible. Based, it, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's basically the same movie, just yeah. modernized. Okay. I mean, look, we can all agree the best Invisible Man movie is The League of Extraordinary. To be honest with you, I think that its history is like stupid complicated and that it was a script that was a direct remake of The Invisible Man and then it kind of changed over and changed hands and I think it even wound up not being Universal Studios anymore, if I remember correctly, but Warner Brothers. Maybe. And it became Hollow Man. Yeah. But, it, a, but it basically I'm is. a little sad he stepped on my joke. What? My great League of Extraordinary Gentleman joke. It's not great. I let it purposely slide. <laughs> <laughs> Although the I'll Invisible say Man, it again. the League of Ordinary Gentlemen at best. I will say the Invisible Man in that movie is pretty cool. I like the yeah, the, I one agree. Of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, the movie's real bad. I think that's probably one of the best uses of the of an Invisible Man. Yeah, in in modern film, I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, it's in a bad movie. Oh man, he's a this new Invisible Man's a really terrible person, and he's naked. Yeah. Well, hey man, that's kind of how they all are. I know, but like, he's a bad person who's naked. Yes. This movie's political for sure. Whoa. Anyway. Should we get into our topic? Yeah. Yes, please. I'm sleepy. All right, then, for our main topic, we're going to need a doctor. <laughs> a sleep <laughs> doctor. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I was hoping you guys would jump in. This is uh, huh? I, I just realized that, so this is our topic for the week, and uh, this is going to seem really weird. So Ryan's not with us uh, oh, yeah. for the topic. Yeah, because he actually and went to this sleep. Is gonna, this is going to weird <laughs> you out, but I guess you get to know our recording order now. I, forg- I uh, forgot that you uh, that y- you guys don't have a camera on us all uh-huh. the time. So, so we recorded uh, the Terminator franchise discussion before we did this, and uh, that Ryan got busy and, and tuckered out. Yeah, that so that, he had to depart. That discussion ended up being much longer than we anticipated. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan's uh, gonna uh, listen on through our Doctor Sleep stuff and bring his comments next. Sorry, comments next week. Yes. All right. Time to talk whatever about, that was. Time to talk about Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep. This is Mike Flanagan's second Stephen King movie. Yep. After Gerald's Game on Netflix. I haven't watched it because I haven't finished the book. But for all intents and purposes, but apparently I did he's finish this one. Mm-hmm. So you read the book? I did. Do your little book corner. Oh no, not yet. Damn no, no, no. I think we need to talk about it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll blow your minds. Well, let's just get initial thoughts. I'll start. I really liked this movie. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I think it is a good sequel to The Shining. Yeah. Um, I do not... Uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah. I do not necessarily think it is a good adaptation of the book, but I do think it is a good sequel to The Shining. Ben. As someone who's only seen The Shining and not read any of the books, Same. I really like this movie. That's totally fair. I still like it. Yeah. For yeah, sure, I uh, 
I, I, I'm like Ben. I've never read the books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not as big a fan of it as has as has. <laughs> but uh, this might be one of my favorite of the year. I like this movie a whole lot. I think about this movie a lot, and I think um, I can't say that. What's her name? Rose the Hat. Uh, the actress's name. I have no what's idea. Her name. I have hope. We have Google. Impossible. We have. Go ahead and keep talking. She's really great. Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. She's yeah. really great. Rose is definitely a standout. Even uh, Crow Daddy, his scenes are really cool. Like he's, like both of them. I want to say, uh, oh God, what's the word? They. Uh, it starts with the next. Shit. Xenomorph. No. Um, Xylophone. No. It's all I got. Did the, you say S or X? It, like E X. Like they. Uh, Expelliarmus. No, I'm sorry, I don't know. What it, they're out. smooth. They're they're class. They're very they're very chill. They they. Um, Someone get a thesaurus. <laughs> frack. They're they're cool. They're they obviously they're bad people. We know they're bad people because I mean they kill people for their shine. But the way they just act around themselves themselves and act around just other people, even those they're either trying to kill or um or recruit. They're very classy. They're very chill, and they're very suave about it. And I like, yes. and I like that. They're, I mean, you could tell they're, ov- they're obviously a, ro- a roving band, like a, tr- a tribe, sort of. Apparently, very rich. Yeah, apparently, but they're all s- yes, but- yes, yes. That's the thing in the books. Yeah, but they're very like, like every time Rose talks, I love the way she talks. I love her accent. I love her um, fluctuations or the way the way she says certain words. It's like that sense inflections. Inflections. Thank you. I love that one. I'll get. Yeah, thank you. I, I love how she, I love how movie. she talks. It's like if I didn't know any better, I probably would fall under her spell. And yeah. if I had a shine, I would probably fall in. Uh, I'll probably be like, damn it, she's got me. So one of the things that's, that you know and I talked about Sparks after the after sure. the movie was that uh, it's not entirely made clear that all those people are not people who initially had the shine that were turned. Correct. Um, but I guess in the books, it is a thing that the that these people are cannot just be humans, but if you have if you eat the shine from someone, you yeah. become this dead zombie thing. Yeah, uh, most of the true not are people who had the shine, as we know them in the book, mm-hmm. um, but not not necessarily all of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that I like that idea, and I really like how the shine comes out as like this this mist. Yes, this kind of smoke that they like inhale. a white breath. Yeah, uh, the kid from Good Boys gets call it taking steam. The steam, thank you. The kid from Good Boys gets murdered uh-huh. on this one. Yes, uh, awesome. Like, yeah, I was uh, I was very nervous that they were going to leave it at just uh, kidnapping them and not showing the torture mm-hmm. because it's very important that the baseball boy is tortured, um, and uh, it's because, because torturing them the brings out the the greatest steam. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's what Abra watches, and yeah. she can't not watch I it. I really like how Abra. Uh, her shine was at one time powerful enough to lift things. Yes. Much like Carrie's. Yes. Um, ben, I'm sure you know Carrie had the shine. Who? Carrie? You've heard of Carrie, surely. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. The girl who's got the blood on her and prom. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Re- okay. Like what? Sissy Spacek. Yeah. She had the shining. Oh, okay. Um, she's basically the at this moment the most powerful person to ever have the shining. Okay. Um, because generally people can't lift anything. Because in the in right. the book, like the movie, kind of does this a bit. But if you read the book, like Carrie decimates a town. Gotcha. Like in pe- in pieces, like yeah, bit by I, bit, she just tears that town. Yeah, apart. I only know Carrie from the promising. That's all I know. Yeah. Right. I saw both movies. I kind of like the Chloe Grace Moritz one. 
Uh, we that's not what today's about. <laughs> um, that's a different t- topic. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought uh, Ewan McGregor was really well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that his uh evolution as Dan is is pretty good. Yeah, um, I really because like he starts in this like really low place. Yeah, I really like the methodical approach to the storytelling of this movie. Um, most specifically the fact that it takes so long for our leads to meet. Yeah. I really like that we're established at both our leads and we get to know them as characters, especially Dan, who's our main character. Sure. Um, and as we move in, as we get closer to the meeting and the, we, they have like the pen pal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not sure if each other's real or something. Uh, no, they, they believe that each other are real. Um, they just, uh, it, it's, it's not on a level where like they ever need to meet in person. It's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a friendly shining connection. And, uh, in the, I'm doing this in pieces, I guess in the book, um, Abra is reaching out and actually interacting with Tony. And Dan's not aware of it. See, that's my question that I had at first. At first, Dan's not aware. So, so that's my question about about the shining to the shining duology. Anyway, who is Tony? Tony is uh, is Dan's imaginary friend who helped him like conceptualize the shining. It's it's not really explained more than that. It's not something that Stephen King feels the need to like delve into the like psychosis or science of what makes tony tony Mm -hmm. tony is dan's friend that dan has has created and is connected to his shining and there's nothing much more than that you could argue that it's dan's like shining subconscious Mm -hmm. and what it is is that when dan arrives in fraser in uh the book he uh hears tony's voice for the first time since leaving the overlook Mm -hmm. and the voice says here is the place so Tony's kind of guiding Dan to be where he needs to be, I subconsciously. See. And Tony is the one who's actually been connecting with Abra until uh, the, the manifestations get more and more clear. I see. Uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, don't, I, I had no idea. Because uh, there are moments in this movie where he's saying, help me, Tony. Yes, I wish that they had uh, elaborated on that yeah. a little more yeah, in I the actually film. forgot who Tony was until later on when Abra and Danny meet, and he tells her, like, yeah, I called him Tony because that was my imaginary friend who helped me recognize what I had. I really like the recreations of the Overlook Hotel stuff. I do. Um, in the beginning, mm-hmm. the how it's almost kind of shot for shot, that sequence with the with the hallways. Mm-hmm. When uh, he's having the uh, nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like that sequence. I think that is the best use of Miss Massey uh, in this film. Is that the... The old woman the from old the bathtub. Um, is oh, when it's in God. the nightmare and he pedals past the door. Yeah. And the door is just open and it's the black space, and it holds on it for a long time before and she just barely starts to appear, and then it cuts yeah. away. I, that is the best scare with her. I yeah. hate that so much. That felt like something out of The Shining. That got me good. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's, no. that's it. Do you guys remember when we Wait, were... When do we, you hate it because it scared you? Or do you yeah, hate it because, I, okay. no, I hate it because it scared me. I, don't, I wanted I, you to be clear. I hate it. When I say I hate it, I hate that part, it reminds me a lot of that scene from Annabelle Creation, where you see the doll in perfect focus, but the demon behind it uh-huh, is just yeah, the barely eyes. visible. Yeah, yeah. That piss. That's okay. Love those it. things, they don't piss me off to the far, to, to the point where it's like, oh, this is bad. I hate it. It it pisses me off because it terrifies it's me. It's right. It's right on the edge of it. Is showing you something, but it's still leaving enough to your imagination yeah. to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I it, really like the idea that the Overlook Hotel is reaching out to Danny, mm-hmm. like want, wants to get more of that shine. S- yeah. 
I think that's okay. Well, because um, I really like I really like the stuff with the with the old woman. I'm never going to remember the name uh, in the bathtub. Yes, I want to be clear. What happens in the <laughs> this is going to be this pod this this that's podcast fine. in the book? Um, Take a drink. Whatever he says in the uh, book. So what happens is that uh, Mrs. Massey and uh, some of the other spirits from the Overlook they are drawn to Danny and wandering away from the Overlook because the Overlook burns down at the end of the book yeah. uh, from the boiler going off. That's um, why. That's why for Ben. That's why uh, Jack Torrance was hired in the first place to stop the boiler room from. Yeah, he needs to be yeah. at the Overlook to maintain it. Okay. Um, otherwise, it'll explode, and the the Overlook will be so destroyed. So at the end of the book, it does. Oh yeah, he ignores it, and it and it happens. What they did at the end of the movie um, happens, but with Jack. Gotcha. Uh, and not intentionally. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so so the spirit the, those spirits do exist in a way where they can they can wander and they latch onto people though who they they are a different version of the, what the true knot is because they are dead but they feed off shine in a different way, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's feeding off of that fear and anxiety that's why they they are, they go for it and torture them. One of the things I did like about this movie is that it doesn't disrespect the Shining. It does explain what the Overlook Hotel is, mm-hmm. but not in a way that I think diminishes anything from the Shining. I don't yeah, think I it just takes away the ambiguity of that f- of that place or sure. that, that movie. Sure. Yeah. I I, like that. What I got from the Overlook, it's just an evil place. That's true. That's, that's, I mean, that's all it is in the book, but too. They, but they talk about it like, you know, when Danny went there, his shine, like, supercharged the place. Yeah. Like, that, that, that it pl- the place woke up. The whole reason, at least in the movie, is that it almost looks like it's Dan's fault that everything happened. Almost on accident. Yeah, that's that's definitely a movie only concept. Well, sure. Um, um, I yeah, but I I, I, I do don't like, like necessarily the the implication that you were there with like that it's Dan's fault. I'm not crazy about that idea, but but I get you. Uh, and then Scatman Crothers' character, he's in this movie as a shine ghost, and I like that. I, I like his inclusion. Who? Which one? Scatman Crothers, the black guy. I don't oh, remember. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Dick. Dick. Thank you. Yeah, I. Yeah. Love seeing him. So, at, at first, like when he first showed up on the bench, I'm like, "Wait!" But he died in The Shining, and then when correct, and then I thought, I thought he was he lived through. I so, thought he lived through the book, so I was so like, "Oh, I. is this them doing that?" Yeah. So did I. And then when um Danny's mom comes out to talk to to get Danny, and he's not there anymore, I'm like, "Oh, he's a ghost." I thought I thought they made it pretty clear out of the bat off the bat with the beginning because you see the shot of the bench and Dan's alone, and then Danny's alone, and then all of a sudden Dick is next to him. I like the casting of the mom a lot. Uh, yeah, I did too. Megan felt like she was too pretty. I can see that. <laughs> I liked her a lot, though. Yeah, I liked her. Um, I liked too her attractive. too. But also, I really liked the scene because Dan's still not talking to his mom after the events of the Overlook until he finally goes and sees uh, what's her name, Miss Maisie or Mrs. Massey. Mrs. Massey in the bathtub, and he goes in, closes the door. You hear her scream, and then he comes out because he figure out the with bo- the intercutting with the lock box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the lot the box trick. And then he finally yeah. essentially like grows up. It leads to a pretty funny end ending with when Abra does the same thing. Yeah. That I was surprised that they kept that in because you know like oh ho ho yeah. ho. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about that. She's going in another box. Uh, I felt like I saw her pulling back the bath curtain too many times. Sure. Yeah, uh, we do see it that three times, maybe even four in this movie. And uh this is part of my larger just overall I, problem. This has nothing to do with uh, yeah, four. Yeah. Oh my lord, no wonder. Um, it, it's part of my larger overall problem with um, the film is that uh, 
I think even if I hadn't read the book, I would feel this way. I, it retreads far too much iconic imagery from The Shining, just repeating yeah. it directly. And I'm like, I, I didn't need to, to redo all of this. I yeah. definitely feel that. that. I definitely feel that in the third act. I mean, as much as you, you guys know me, I love my references. But I would say, like, the scene, especially in the very end of the movie, where um, Rose is walking up the stairs doing the same motions as Jack was doing in The Shining, mm-hmm. but Danny's holding the axe to try and, like, um, like but say, then Danny shoot. does the same th- the same movements. Yeah, um, I, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's where it gets like that's really a, that out of one. control. So the thing is, like with that one in particular, like I would have thought that was a subtle nod, but because there's everything else around it too, I'm like, this is just too much. I was surprised that Rose the Head died so quickly. I mean, this is a long movie. I don't think. Yeah. Like, do you mean just how fast her death was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, her death. Her death is cooler, I think, in this film than in the book. This is my favorite rendition of the of the Shining theme in this movie. The sure, the yeah. Dun, 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 uh, that this is my favorite rendition. Okay. Of it. When it starts playing as we're doing the sweeping shot over the island, yeah, the guy was really into that. I yeah. like that. I like the musical cue a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it when we got the Warner Brothers logo and then the music started playing. I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm in for. Uh, yeah, it, it does reference a lot of the Kubrick film, and oh, I yeah. agree with you that the third act is is it's, it's it's as he's walking through the Overlook, especially. I think it's a little self indulgent. Yeah, I do. Especially, too. I don't think I needed the scene of when like when Rose is walking past the elevators and you see the blood coming out of it. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that that's, like I don't get it. Why yeah. is this here? And it doesn't the, even scare Rose. Because no. do you guys remember The Shining? Yes, I remember, remember that the movie. Shining. And you and, know what? You know what? It's it is suffering from an interesting thing where I think. Part of it is also I'm I feel like I'm in some ways seeing some of the stuff from Ready Player One again. Yeah, I was just about to say that because I yeah. love the Shining sequence in Ready Player One. Now that I've seen the actual movie, The Shining, I enjoy that sequence in Ready Player One even more, especially because H hates that hates scary movies. And what's the point about Doctor Sleep that you I I about? did I liked it it did I liked it in Ready Player One more than I liked it in Doctor Sleep because Doctor Sleep is just I've seen this before. And then Rose just is like, huh, imagine that. She just walks by. Whereas with H, he's like, oh, shit. And he I gets think swept up. Pl- I think that moment's supposed to be played for comedy, Rose the Hat. But I don't think it plays well. Uh, I think it's supposed to be played in like a way of like, oh, this place is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you exactly what it's supposed to be because that moment doesn't happen in the book. Um, so, Well, yeah, the overlook. <clears throat> I mean, by the very decision to adapt this book, you have to make the decision of, do we keep the overlook or we do we just ignore Kubrick's film? And I don't think you I don't think there's a world where you could ignore Kubrick's uh, film. Yeah, the, it's it's very easy to say that the overlook just burned down in the intervening years. There's no sure. reason you can't just say that and then have adapted it the way that the book did. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying like you you can't have the overlook and do the third act of the the book as it as it is. You can. There is room for that. Um they just decided to do a lot of different things and a lot of them are like really digging into the references mm-hmm. um like with the girls coming back the the twin girls yeah. um with having with us, Danny. dan have to do uh the exact same motion walking as as jack did oh, while yeah. wielding the axe it's just far too much repeating imagery for me mm-hmm. um i i do think it it works to the detriment of the film another problem i have with it is that the movie is a long movie and that doesn't bother me but once we get to the overlook and I'm seeing things I've seen before, I'm like, guys, I don't need to see this. Like, please move on to the to the, the things that are relevant to this story. Yeah. Now, yeah. a bunch of things I do love about this movie are Danny and Abra. I love those two characters. I love those two actors a lot. 
Especially um, one thing I actually really, really do like is Abra's sassiness when she gets her pa- when she's using her powers. Yeah, yeah, like when she gets when she gets Rose in her mind, and you see her for the first time, and you see her without her eyes, and then she oh. goes inside Rose's head. Hey, do you want to know a fun fact about the book? Yes, I do. Do you want to know who she appears as in that moment when Rose is in the the file drawers? Who she appears as to Rose to intimidate her? Who? Daenerys. No effing way. Yeah, Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Weird. <laughs> that's they funny. They could have had Amelia Clark in this movie. No, but but I mean, like that's how she appears. She turns herself into the mother of dragons with a that's dragon around awesome. her to intimidate and scare Rose because she can control the vision. Now, Abrashine is supposed to be like the, the <coughs> most powerful yeah. that we've seen mm-hmm. in the Shining movies. In the Shining movies, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the book, it is described as Dan has a flashlight and Abra is a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, really, really dumb side note, but I love how she's a Ruby fan. How she's a... Ruby fan. Ruby fan. Yeah. I knew the moment I saw those posters, you were going to be excited. Well, not only it. that, but she also had a figurine of Emerald, one of the characters on her uh, nightstand. I'm like, oh my god, that's, that's from Ruby. That's who she's uh, emulating when she has the hair and no eyes when she's... That's why they focus on that. You're that's, right. That's the Daenerys stand Oh my stand-in. god. That's, oh my god. That's the Daenerys <laughs> stand-in, because she's picking someone who is iconic and powerful to her. Yeah, because em- actually that's Emerald's... Uh, power in ruby she could trick your mind into seeing things that aren't really there cute yeah but she's really great though yes the The even the the actress who plays uh abra is awesome and what i one of the things i love about her is that she knows how powerful she is and she doesn't need someone to teach her how to use it because that's something i feel we don't see in a lot of these movies where you have a kid who's super powerful but oh i don't know how to use my power lose control she knows how to use it that's the kind of thing i like about the shining or the shine in general it's not seen as a superpower yeah yeah it's almost kind of seen like a curse yeah but still <coughs> she like i i know she's a good person and she's a good character and she knows that we have to stop these bad people from eating other children's shine like she's at their school library trying to find missing kids but also there's a bit of a darkness to her like she knows that these are bad she's doing a, a bad thing by hurting someone but it's like they deserve it like when she oh looked, yeah 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 like she's when, very much into quid pro quo yeah she has anger in her. Yeah, that's a, that's an important does. point of the character in the book. And I kind of and I kind of like that because she's not someone who oh you have to save me. She's like no I want to help you beat these guys. So the the ending of this movie, there's a shining. It, it kills people. Oh that well, dead in the book. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't want to get quite there yet. Um, I had a question. I think this is really an important question. Megan brought it to my attention. She read the book as well. Um, what do you guys think happened to Deanie? Who's that? Deanie is the girl who uh, Dan wakes up with early in the film and then leaves oh, her with her baby. Yeah. And then they appear next to him in bed and she says they haven't found us yet. I oh. wonder if that it could be his guilt. Uh-huh. Or they're dead. So, okay. Okay. Go so on. It was, it obviously at first you think they're dead, but I think she's okay because she's on her side and you do see vomit on her from like right. from her mouth. Yes, yes. So she vomited on her side. Now this is this. I learned this from half from Breaking Bad, but you have to if you're in a really big drunken drug slash drunken stupor, you do need to sleep on your side in case you do throw up in your sleep. Because if you're on your back, you will drown in your own vomit. That's I think that's how Jimi Hendrix Unless died. She just passed out. Yeah, she just so she just passed out. So I mean, like not falling asleep, like fainted, and like is in like a, like a deep faint. So I I'm asking what you guys thought because I'm. Curious. I think she's still alive, and that and that's just Danny's guilt. Okay. So the I do know a little something about the black flies. 
Oh yeah, the death flies. The death flies. Sure, that, that's someone on the shiny. That someone with the shiny can see. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and it signifies that. The well, because he says dying. in the in the movie, he has the conversation with Jack where he says, "I couldn't even look at her face because his mother's face because it was covered yeah. in the flies." We do mm-hmm. see the flies in his room, oh, hovering over the girl. Yeah. Oh. Okay, know. so here's why I bring it up. Um, I have a really big problem with the notion that. Uh, Dan has just shaken off knowing that they're dead if in fact what happened is that she was dead he didn't notice and he left the baby and the baby died yeah I have a big problem if that's the intent I didn't think that was the intent until Megan pointed it out to me and I'm like oh that's messed up because here's the thing in the book they're dead but they died oh. from different re- they died from different things here's what happened in the book uh Dini had a drug overdose later and Dan just knows that she had a drug overdose. He senses it because he is guilty about taking the money. But there's another thing he's guilty about, and this is really important. Um, the kid also had bruises and abuse marks, and from using The Shining, Dan knew that the brother of the, of Dini was beating the kid. And he has an, a vision, uh, an image, when he has the nightmare, and Dini does appear next to him in bed and says that she, she died in the cold and the cops haven't found her yet because um, she's like in a sewer or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says uh, that, and he has the image of the kid with his skull crushed in. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, So they are dead, but they are dead from different circumstances in the book. I do not like the implication that the movie implies that they were dead when Dan, like she was dead when Dan left and the kid died because of that. Yeah. Uh, That doesn't sit well with me because like it doesn't seem to bear much weight on Dan's conscience past that moment. Right. Um, it just like is there as an impetus to make him almost hit the bottle, which it does in the book too. And it is the thing that like almost makes him hit the bottle. And then he goes and he goes to not Billy, but Billy's boss uh, and says that he needs help. Yeah. I, I had a similar question. I, 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 I saw it as she died. Yeah. I'm a little perplexed by that. And if that is the intent of the film, I don't like it. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Cause, well I, Cause I was like, well, shouldn't he at least call be like, Hey, can you check on this people? it's it's a little disconcerting if that's the case yeah but whatever i guess oh uh, yeah it's dead yeah um let's see what else uh i i want to focus on like things about this movie before i talk about stuff from the book um i Kaw gets a reference in this movie what Kaw gets a reference in this movie oh, apparently yeah. <clears throat> um i did not need Jack Torrance in this movie. Not like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it was Jack Torrance until um, Danny said that was your wife. I, I think if you're going to not get Jack Nicholson back when you're so clearly making a sequel to that movie, then just don't do it. Don't have Jack Torrance. Sure. Um, I also don't like that the scene is there uh, basically for Dan to have a very um, lame honestly conversation with his father where he, he, the the point of it is him saying um you're the cause of my alcoholism mm-hmm. which i have a huge problem with dan saying that um again this is like a, a much like the shining film is not a good thematic adaptation of what the book is telling is like trying to say as a story about jack torrance mm-hmm. um this film is not a good adaptation of like the thematic point of dan's journey in the book um dan is uh, the the only way Dan gets better is by going to AA. And in AA, he learns uh, that, like, you are not an alcoholic because of your parents. You are not an alcoholic because of the things that have happened to you. You're an alcoholic because you're a drunk. 
Mm-hmm. It's your choices that define who you are. And the movie basically has an entirely counterpoint scene where he's saying, no, I'm a drunk because my dad, to his dad. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the point. You, you missed it entirely. Sure. You whiffed that. You whiffed that hard. And just to have Jack Torrance appear in the movie and like it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, it's not Jack Nicholson. And like Ryan, Ryan himself has said that he really likes that they're not the same actors, um, that they didn't try to CGI them and, and everything. And it's like these well, new people I who kind of like look like I, them. I feel much the same way. It would be distracting in a movie like this. And I think that's true. I just, just didn't need Jack at all uh, in this. Um, I don't think that serves any good purpose. It's also... Uh, I'll get into that in a bit when I get into the book stuff. Um, the uh, the old man from Twin Peaks uh, is the old man in the True Knot, which is real cool. Ryan really appreciated that. And uh, the actress who played uh, Woodrow's wife in Swamp Thing, she's also one of the silent, non-speaking True Knot characters. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, what else in the movie? Oh, I really like the uh, sequence. Oh, the score is incredible. Uh, especially its use of like heartbeat sounds. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's exceptionally I, I like cool. The, I like the heartbeat sound, sound yeah. a lot. I think it really um, effect, uh, adds to the effect of yeah. tension. I yeah. liked Snake by Andy's scene. Yeah, like, it's a good scene. Yeah. Um, that's almost entirely faithful to the book. Um, she's supposed to have a rattlesnake tattoo on one of her shoulders. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, she got it after she murdered her father. Oh. Um, she murdered her father for raping her since she was nine. Oh, shit. Good for her. That's why uh, Snake by Andy hates men. Okay. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, she was just I, I, I thought she just was. I don't, I don't know. I because mean, I like how she's like whispering to the older guy, where where she like hypnot where she hypnotizes him. Yeah, and she I love that snake bite on his cheeks, and she's like, I like so. She, I thought that like, oh, she's hunting down pedophiles. Yeah. And yeah. she's giving him a, like, uh, she's not killing him obviously, but she's like, I'm marking kind of like what a uh, um. Lieutenant Aldo Rain did in the Glorious Bastards, mm-hmm. where Similar, he yeah. mar- where he marks all the Nazis, yeah. right? Or but, not all of them, but the ones he lives with. She's hypnotizing them to be like, "You're whenever you're, someone asks, you're going to t- say exactly what you did." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say again. Look at that. It's late. Uh, Bruce Greenwood's in this movie. He I is. Thought it was he, the same actor from. I it was he plays the same character. Uh, John Dalton. John Dalton is actually a really important character in the book, uh, but here he's kind of more just there to facilitate the introduction of Dan to hit the hospice he'll run. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Dan's interaction with the elderly, especially when he's doing the uh, <coughs> uh, Frank Sinatra song. I thought that was a beautiful yeah. and sweet moment. Oh, that was. Yeah. Oh, I love the cat. Yeah, the cat's the, great. The cat Azzy, is, Azzy is great. The cat is a really weird representation of the Grim Reaper. But yeah, as he's sa- awesome. But at the same time, it's like it's like like when we first see it, it's like the cat's on my bed. That's a common theme in a hospice that they'll be that they'll have cats and the cat will just know when you're gonna die. Yeah. yeah. But also I like how um Danny gets the name Doctor Sleep. He watches them sleep. Yeah. He, he helps, helps them sleep. He helps, he helps them go to sleep. sleep. And and Dr. they sleep. keep and they keep calling him Doc and he's there. Like the first, I love the scene where he's with the first person. He's there. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And However, then, that sequence is confusing, as Sparks pointed out. Uh, the 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 steam that comes out of him is the same color as the shine, but he doesn't oh, have yeah. the shine. Yes. Uh, so in the book, it's supposed to be like people who don't have the shine when they pass. Uh, it appears as a red mist. Okay. But people with the shine, it appears as steam, the white steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, that that is a distinct difference because when Dan first learns of them taking the steam from the baseball boy, when Abra describes it to Dan, mm-hmm. uh, he says it was a red mist, right? And she's like, no, it was a white, a white steam. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that throws Dan off when he hears that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the sequences, especially when, when Dick, Dick shows up again yeah. in the hospital. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, that was a good sequence. Yeah. That, that is good. Uh, that's very uh, accurate of, um, for the most part, what happens in the in the book? Yeah, um, I don't like that when Abra first comes to Dan about all this, he basically says, "Shut it down, Abra! Don't ever do this again! Don't contact me to hide!" Blah. Uh, I don't like that. That's his attack on it. Um, it doesn't feel very true to the character, and that's certainly just obviously because I'm saying that it's not something that happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that. Uh, he's much more helpful at first beat because he understands what it's like. Yeah. Uh, we should start to wrap this up. Oh dang! Okay, yeah, D- we ain't close. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> I've okay. said all I want. Here we to go. Say. Um, okay, here we go. So uh, there's a weird thing about how they change the timeline in this b- movie. Okay, um, in the book, when Dan gets to Fraser, it's just before Abra's birth, mm. and uh, the whole thing is that it's supposed to be like, in some ways, he's he's led there subconsciously by the shine which is why Tony says, here's the place, you know, um, because Abra is born and he's there. Uh, in the movie, for some reason, they decide to age her up to be five when he shows up, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> It's just a bizarre choice. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, um, Because there's supposed to be a stronger uh, bond between him and Abra implied just like, you know, the fate, if you would like to think call it that, but it's not quite that in Stephen King's yeah, world. But the, like, the, 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 the way the world works has brought them together because... Uh, Dan and Lucy are related in the book. Um, Dan is, in fact, actually Abra's uncle. Uh, Lucy is the child of a uh, student that Jack slept with while he was teaching in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, Dan figures this out uh, partway uh, into the final act of the book. And he goes and speaks to uh, Momo, who is referenced in this movie uh, a lot. She's actually a huge and important character in the book. I was surprised she didn't show up at all in this film. Who's Momo? Momo is uh, um, Abra's uh, grandmother. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, yeah, the one who's dying. Sorry, not grandmother, great-grandmother. The one who's dying. Um, she's also referred to as Conchetta. Uh, in, the, uh, books you, uh, in the book, you have to understand that um, Abra is very, very much based from an Italian family. And that's where her Momo comes from. That's, that's Lucy's whole side is this very Italian family mm-hmm. um, and that's a, that's actually a really like relative culture like important relevant cultural thing mm-hmm. um, and so her Momo is the only person who knows who uh, Lucy's mom was with and so she reveals to Dan that she knows who Dan is and she knows uh, Jack Torrance mm-hmm. and so this is how uh, Dan learns that and uh, that he is, in fact, her real uncle, which is why their Shining connection is able to be so powerful. Right. Um, so I thought it was surprising that they didn't actually ever cross over into revealing that. Uh, there's a part where Dan is uh, getting a chip for AA, and he says, one time my father stood in a room like this, and it really, really bothered me. Um, Stephen King has an author's note related to Dr. Sleep where he says that uh, part of the whole reason why he explored this is because Dan is supposed to be different from his father. His father is not a person who would ever ask for help or admit he had a problem. That's why he succumbs to the overlook in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not a person who would go to AA. He tries to get through with white-knuckle sobriety. 
and instead they give this idea that like he tried he tried to stand in AA and I and I was like this is so counterpoint to the whole reason why Jack's story happens to him um, the, the whole thing is that Dan is supposed to be different from his father because he reaches out because he tries to improve and it's it's a it's a alternate journey but that could, he's supposed to go but on. couldn't that couldn't that be more along the lines of like because the shining movie is very thin in its regards to Jack Torrance. Uh, I I agree. It just bums me out. Sure. Um, because it, it and it's more overall just not displaying the theme again. Like I get it. The Shining movie is guilty of this too. I like both the movies, but like it's missing the point of the theme of why the story is telling is doing what it's doing. The AA is a very important story to Dan's journey. Why he's doing it, what it means to him, and what it means that he's not like his father. Sure. Uh, and that's just undercutting that as as not uh, the thing that it's supposed to be. Um, Abra's much more her own main character in the book, which I feel like the film doesn't capture as well as it could. Um, uh, Rose finding her was a cool sequence when she's going over the earth and everything. That was cool, yeah. I like that a lot. I really like it too with the, the um, uh, uh, heartbeat music and everything. Yeah. However... Uh, I wish that they had kept something from the book, which is that when Abra pushed um, her out of her head, they did a look on the East Coast and they found out that they were reporting like an earthquake that only happened in a in a small te- like town block. So only a few houses felt it mm-hmm. because it was Abra and it happened at that exact time. And that's how Rose knows exactly where to like point herself in looking for Abra. Oh, I see. And then goes and visits her the way that she does. And and the trap sequence is incredible. I love Rose getting... The, the whole book is basically the true not constantly underestimating Abra and getting messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really cool. Uh, so I just wish they had had provided that like extra step of connection. The bit where she projects herself uh, into the campgrounds oh, for that, them to kill all the true knots. That whole yeah. scene is really good. Also, I like the sequence. I like how the true knots die. I think it's a cool, yeah. also, cool bit. Also, I like Billy a lot. Yeah. You were telling me he doesn't die in the book. He does not. Uh, that's uh, so. The moment that Billy shoots himself in this movie is basically where it goes completely off the rails away from where the book, what the book is, um, when Billy shoots himself. And now I wonder what the decision was to kill him and Dan, because in the book they I both kind lived. of get the Dan one. I don't. I mean, I get the Billy one in the sense that like, if you're not doing what they did in the book, there's no reason to take Billy. Sure. The reason why Billy is involved in the third act of the book is because um, Billy is uh, when John and Dan go and get the baseball boys glove, they leave Billy to watch. He Dan um, recruits John Dalton, the doctor and Billy at the same time. He recruits John Dalton because John Dalton is the family doctor for Abra. And he's aware of the parents concern of things she could do when she was a kid. He mm-hmm. was at that birthday party where the spoons went up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's also encountered dancing with the watch. He uh, brings Billy because Billy actually has a little bit of the shine. And so the whole thing is that he tells Billy and John everything. John goes with him to go dig up the glove. And Billy stays behind him and is parked in a truck outside Abra's house to keep an eye out for the true knot. Or be nearby if Abra needs to do the exact same thing Dan did in the Overlook and send a blast to her like he did to Dick Halloran. Mm-hmm. That's why Billy hangs around. Now when that happens, when Crow Daddy goes and catcher, captures Abra, he also knocks out Billy and takes their truck and keeps Billy as a hostage to keep Abra under control. Once that happens, um, Billy goes with a fake doll of Abra to the location in Colorado where the Overlook used to be uh, in order to uh, be part of this idea that that Abra is coming to face them. But Abra isn't coming to face them. Only Billy and Dan are coming. And Dan is going to channel a projection, astral projection of Abra with him 
uh, as Abra stays safe at home. But the True Knot don't know that when they get there. So they're like effed right off the bat. Okay. And that's the reason why Billy's there. So if you're not doing that, I get why they killed him. Right. Like you had to just take him out of the equation. The the si- the shining blast. That's what. That's how Dick Halloran knew to come to the. To the yeah, Overlook. when Danny's in trouble in at the Overlook and D- and Dick's just at home and all, this happened in the movie too and he just gets the oh trouble and he just heads off. Yeah. Uh, that's that's exactly what Billy was there for. Oh, I see. For Abra in the book or sorry in the, yeah in the book. That's cool. Um. Yeah. Uh. When uh, the the blackboard wall gets hit with the red rum, uh, it's a really cool sequence. I, I, I respect it. I like it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. does not happen in the book. Uh, what happens instead is Abra... Um, I think this is actually more disturbing, is that Abra scratches in um, uh, they're killing the baseball boy. Ooh, yeah. Uh, like and, and Dan's just like, what the... F-? Like, he's confused. And uh, an interesting thing, again, about the timeline stuff, that happens three years before they come after Abra. Um, the baseball boy is killed three years before, and then nothing really happens for a while. And then all of a sudden, Abra sees his his photo in a missing children's flyer thing uh, in a magazine, and that sends everything into overdrive and, and makes it so they're aware of her. Again. Well, in a book, you can ma- you can you, can you can pad the time for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, but in a movie, you just want to no, I get it. Put all the action one. I, I I know, I understand. I get adaptations. Um, uh, da, 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 uh, killing they kill David too. David doesn't die. Like none of the good guys die in the book. Um, it's it's uh, very interesting because this is a horror movie sequel and not a uh, adaptation of that book because that book was not a horror book. It was a personal character drama with horror elements. Sure. That's what the the Doctor Sleep book really is. It's not really a horror book, and so you you have to like kind of toe a weird line with that. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought they did a really good job with the effect of uh, cycling. Um, cycling is uh, the the true not disappearing. And That's when what they I was die. just saying. Like really, yeah. like their 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 effect of them dying. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I thought a lot of the stuff with the true not was really good. I was telling Ben that I wish they'd gone for a little bit more of the tribalism to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it's hinted at when they convert Andy uh, with the chanting the Sabatha Hante Losam Hante, but like we never really get to hear them say the things like uh, "We are the true not and we endure," which is like their motto. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very special. The true knot is also like a third the size that it is uh, here. So there's actually a like a supposed to be a group of them that stick behind with Rose, even when the same group goes off. The exact same size group goes to capture Abra mm-hmm. and loses, but uh, there's still like two thirds of them back uh, oh, with Rose. <coughs> Probably cut down on casting. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. Like I do understand. Um, uh. Rose's death is definitely a lot cooler in this movie. Um, in the book, she is kind of just uh, ultimately bested by the power, the combined tel- telepathic shining power of Dan and Abra as they push her off a ledge. Oh, um, yeah. Dan is nearly killed at one moment because Abra has to take a break to recharge herself. And in that moment, um, Rose tries to kill Dan and nearly succeeds, except that she's suddenly blasted with like a, a punch to the gut from out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and um uh it's established that after rose is dead that um dan looks up and sees where that happened and he sees the silhouette of jack torrance so this uh is something that the movie like really goes in the opposite direction of with the way it portrays jack torrance um he is still a puppet of the overlook Mm -hmm. whereas in the book 
Jack Torrance is free of the Overlook. He is a good spirit now, and he does something good for his son in this last moment. And I thought that was a really nice cathartic thing. Um, the movie goes for much more. The connection is uh, more important about the connection between Danny and his mom. Mm-hmm. Because when he's dying in the boiler room, that's who he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there's some poetry to that. Uh, but I not I didn't love that that Danny died. wasn't crazy about right. it. Right. Um, uh, the I mom the mom has a really good impression of the original girl. Yeah, I just don't know why she always has to be in the blue bathrobe unless she's outside. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna forget who she is if she's not in that dang blue bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. But actually, it was I was okay with Danny dying at the end of the at the end of the movie. Well, so <laughs> I mean, it, it's I it still sucks. I guess there's but no guarantee they're gonna make a third one. Stephen King clearly wanted to keep him on the board in case he had an idea for a third Chinese book. Yeah. So, I don't know. Now I'm laying down. I'm tired. <laughs> um, I, w- I was totally okay with Danny dying. I was like, okay, noble sacrifice because for he's helping. Um, he's, a jolly good he, fella. he's destroying the Overlook. He's also, he also helped um, Abra defeat Rose or kill Rose. So now Rose isn't going to go after her. And. And he was just like, okay, this is what I'm here for. And now he's going to be like the ghost, <laughs> the force ghost guiding hand for Abra down the line. Yeah. I, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he used the, the ghosts as, like, when he let the ghosts out in the Overlook and they all went to kill. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like, yeah, I like that too. Um, I wish that they had done something image-wise with them, like what they do with them, mm-hmm. to make them a different kind of scary. They can still look the same, but like the way that, the, like not the same lines, not the same actions, not the same locations. Mm-hmm. Like the pulling back of the bathtub curtain over and over. I'm like, yes, they can be the same spirits if we have to see them, but we don't need to see them doing the exact same shtick. There's, a bit where n- someone... there's nothing scary about them. But I don't know, man. There's a bit where someone puts their hand inside of Rebecca Ferguson's skin, and I thought that was pretty scary. Yeah, that was pretty freaky. I I don't think there's anything new scary about them. That me personally, I don't think there's anything very inventive about returning those ghosts to the screen. Yeah. Uh, done with them to be new scary. The only thing that I think is is the opening with the door that we already discussed. Sure. Um, but I do think that them them taking out roses is effective and cool. Um, I, I do like that. Uh, the him letting them loose back in the Overlook. How many more notes you got? Um, I've got a few more. Uh, um, obviously, I I think we kind of referenced it, but the boiler exploding is is the direct reference to what happened in the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a very thin reasoning given in the film for them to go to the Overlook. It's just like, oh yeah, that'll probably help us. And I, I'm like, I could have used that a little justified more. Yeah. Like why why are we going there in the in the novel? What happens is that uh, Rose and the True Knot happen to be stationed at one of their uh, campgrounds that they own and operate secretly, which is the Blue Bell Campground, and that is built on the ground that the overlook burned on they are drawn to this evil place Mm -hmm. um and it and it only ties in more to the nature of what stephen king is saying that uh in life like the only thing that is true is that life is a wheel and the wheel's only job is to turn and everything will always come back around and uh, that's why all these things are not coincidence they are they are happening for reasons and it's life pulling around in its cycle Mm -hmm. um and i wish that that kind of element was still kind of there uh as a justification for them going there um, and I I really could have used some kind of just a little explanation of why Crow Daddy went to Abra's house. There's never any reason given for him to have not gone on the bus with the others. 
uh, where they all got shot. It's just like, oh, he happened to outsmart her, and it's like, why? There, there's no indication of like him even having a sense about it or concerned about it or anything. Sure, yeah. Uh, and and I wish that the 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 bridging of the explanation was a little more there. Yeah, I get that. Um, but that being said, I think everything's uh, translated pretty well for outside of that for the most part. Um, I still think it's a really well done film, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I guess final thoughts. Oh, uh, Dan doesn't die at the end of the book. And uh, I'm saying a little bit more about it. And uh, it's actually this uh, big um, thing that uh, he, where he ends up in the book is actually him. He's been holding it back this whole time. And uh, after 15 years of sobriety, he finally admits in an op- openly in an AA meeting uh, what happened between him and Deanie. It's actually the thing that's haunted him the most. Rose tries to use it against him at one point inside his own mind when they're facing each other in the book. Um, and... Uh, I I wish that a little bit more that again like the confusion of how they are handling Dini in the film. I wish that was kind of more of a motivating factor of him, like uh, that that kind of lurking with him, making him unhappy, making him uncomfortable with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Final thoughts. I think it's pretty good. Uh, like I said, I, it's very much a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and as that, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Uh, just taking elements from the book. Um, again, like just not a good representation of what that book's actually trying to say about the characters, um, but but still inventive and, and cool in its own right. Um, yeah. Rating. I don't know. Let me think about it. Ben, final okay. thoughts. Um, as a sequel to The Shining, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, obviously, it's one of those things where. It's, I mean, after a few years of having The Shining being an established film that so many people love and adore, doing a sequel to it this far down the road is a little, it's, it might put some fans like at like uh, at unease. It's like a little scared about it, but I really enjoy it. I thoroughly like it a lot. I mean, obviously I haven't read the book, so I can't make as half of the um, uh, criticisms like Sparks did. But as but this this movie scared me quite a few times. There are a few times this movie got me really good. There's even one time where a light came on. There was a loud like a bang noise, and that freaking got me, and I hate it. Even Ryan, when I was I saw this with Ryan, he was laughing when he, I was like, God damn it, after a, a little jump scare. But I still really enjoy this movie. I'm actually gonna go see it again with Fanny later on this this week. I still like it. As rating wise, I would say 8.5. It's it's a solid cool. movie. I really dig it. And uh, Ryan gave it a nine nine out of ten. Yeah, I'd probably land in the eight eight point five range. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Also, I like this movie a whole lot. I think it's really good. Uh, all right, that'll do it. So let's again. get to our book club. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Book Store. Can I help you find anything today? Yeah. Hi. Um. Do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um. Anything readable? All right, then time. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Keep it. Keep it. You're better be keeping that. What time that. is it for, Brandon? All right. <laughs> now it's time for our book club. You better keep that in there. It's time for our book club. Hell it's, yeah. Uh, my turn. Uh, I chose Outer Darkness, Volume 1, uh, At Each Other's Throats. So what did you guys think of this one? I'm going to be 100% honest. I wasn't. I didn't love it. Yeah. And I wanted to love the premise so much more. Yeah. I think the writing's mostly okay I think it gets better towards the end because I was looking for where the character stuff was mm-hmm. and I didn't really find it till the end especially with one character who's like a weird Satanist mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, but I I overall liked it, but I wanted to like it a lot more. Okay. I I like the premise of you don't normally see a, a, a mixture of space and magic. Yeah. It's mostly like when you see a bunch of like mathematicians are also wizards essentially. I thought that was a decent like twist. Space exorcisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space exorcists. You have like a god engine. So seeing this mix of magic and science in in space is like okay, I kind of dig it. And I liked the characterization of Riggs being that just I don't give a f um, captain, but all, out of the other characters, it's like they're kind of boring. Sparks. It's uh, I really like the art, and it's like if uh, Constantine was a former Green Lantern and Star Trek was a thing in his universe, and that's basically this. And I thought that was dope. It's a lot of it's <laughs> a lot of intersections. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that I I really liked the premise and everything. The entire time I was reading it, I felt like I was reading a. Gendy Tartakovsky idea. Okay. I'm like, oh, this, yeah. this could have been an adult swim series from Gendy Tartakovsky, and I'd be like, hell yes. Yeah, okay, I can This see is that. very much in his yeah. style. Um, I didn't, I felt like right out of the gate, the comic did things to tell me that, like, th- this is kind of going to be like just a wacky ride, get on board, and I, I just kind of went with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I really liked it when I first read it. And I was reading the second arc, and I was like, you know, I'm not. This isn't really dig. This isn't really digging it. So I, I, um, I wanted to do it as a book club to kind of get your guys' opinions on it as mm-hmm. well, because um, I tricked you. It's the only way I could get you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I love I love reading comics, and giving me a book club makes me read it. So yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I like it, but I don't think it does enough with its premise. I agree. And again, like I don't think it's bad, but I'm just like I think it does certain ideas really well. Yeah. But then it just kind of just goes back to a bunch of people talking. Because there are there are issues I really like. I really like the uh, Enox. Yes. His origin issue is yeah. They awesome. do the god. Yeah. That yeah. That's my favorite stuff. The guy and and uh, I the think guy's Ca- basically Frieza in the making. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like the captain. Ca- I think it's him. The captain can't remember remember his name ever. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's funny. A funny aspect. Yeah. 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 So I think he can remember everyone else's name except for him. Yeah. There's stuff like that. Uh, but then they he they too early kill off the characters that I'm more interested in and mm-hmm. keep the characters I'm less interested in. And I, it's weird because like so much happens, but I feel like it happens way too, like way too either fast or slow, depending on certain things like, yeah. uh, like the crazy, uh, like the crazy, what's his name? Shin. Shin. Yeah. I think that's a cool aspect. And, uh, I expected more to develop with that. Yeah. Like a lot quicker. Like he's, um, He's a uh, he's a demon. Well, he's a, he used to be a person, but because he keeps getting brought back, because mm-hmm. in the concept of the of the series, uh, all the space is haunted, so you can actually <coughs> take a ghost, you can retrieve a ghost, and put it back in a new body, mm-hmm. and and that person will be alive again. Which is, which they don't do it in this volume, but they do it. They start doing it a bit in the second volume. The girl who was killed with him has like serious issues because she was brought back to life. And it like starts to kind of haunt her. Like something came, like nothing came back with her. Not like Shin, because with Shin, a demon kind of latched onto its soul and mm-hmm. and and stayed there. But with her, she's kind of haunted by the experience of having died and being brought back. So it's, I would have liked that in this volume. Though. Yeah, because it comes too late in the. Yeah, but if it's in the second volume, I think it's too sure. late. Like I could tell the first officer. Um, what was his name? Said uh, Shin. Yeah. No, no, no! The first officer, the the one with the horns. Oh, there's a lot of names. So yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. Like I could tell from the first, like almost not right off the bat, but as the issue was getting through, that he and the and the captain were gonna hate each other. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna try and to and to throw the captain." Uh, I really love the issue where he th- drives them through like terrible, terrible space, and they're like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Yeah. And then at the end, he's like uh, getting uh, punched in the face and screamed uh-huh. at, and it's like, "I'm gonna stab you in your sleep." You ever pull a stuff oh, like yeah. that again? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the other two are discussing like, like, 
yeah, over there. Like, and and, oh, uh, and he's like, uh, he, he's like, I totally deserve that. That's exactly what I wanted. What concerns me is the two who aren't chewing me out for this. Yeah, because yeah, uh, because I mutiny. I can't trust them. Yeah. They're going to do stuff behind my back. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I think the, I that was really the God cool Engine too. is super cool, and you have to like feed it. Yeah. Like, it oh yeah, hey, that was to, a funny line. Where like most used people to have a hate engine, but now has a God Engine. That's so the cool. implication that like he already isn't a fan of having the God Engine on board, and that like when he goes to talk to it, that most people don't do that. And he's like, I am. You are serving me now. You got that? You mm-hmm. got that? And it's like, yes, I heard you. Just feed me. Give me the food. Yeah. yeah. And then they feed him by like being the prisoners, <laughs> and it's like. This one guy's begging for his life. He's like, "What do you do? Insurance fraud." It's like, "Oh, yeah. okay yeah. then." This, this is kind of nonchalant. Like, what did he do? Insurance fraud. Huh. Yeah, I thought this. I thought this was a harsh and interesting space. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I love it. I love the world. I think the art's stupid cool. I really it's like, like uh, that. it's like Space Ghostbusters with yeah. its uh, like a mature version of that uh, yeah. with its art style, and I think that's awesome. Like the when the souls are there's the soul I. I like how the souls kind of look like the fire, de- the firehead demons from Doom. Okay, I can see it because yeah, yeah. they're just skulls engulfed in green fire, just shooting out th- across the universe. Yeah, it's a, it's such a it's such an interesting concept to be like, okay, we went to space in kind of the Star Trek utopia, but then it was haunted. The outer darkness. All the space is haunted, and I, I there's a bit <coughs> in in that issue in, in the second issue that that Sparks was referring to, uh, where they go through the like the really ter- the really terrible space. And there's really creepy things in the background, but like the best bit is like a ghost comes through their door, their their table, and he's like, "What was that?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think all the all the like the crazy alien designs. There's a couple like thing looking monsters that show up. Um, in the final issue, when the when it we see a flash forward of the demon destroying this town. And that's, then that's not the last issue, but it's the second, it's to, like last second to last issue. Last. I was going to bring that up too. Well, like the the hundred twenty five years earlier, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, that was why yeah. is this that important? was jarring. And then, super and, then yeah. and then at the end, it's like, uh, yeah, we just kind of dusted that here. So now this planet's going to get terraformed, and there it's going to come back around real pissed someday on the people who live here. And it's like, well, that's not our problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. but it was so interesting. It's an interesting choice to show us that moment that yeah. they were just like and it's so brutal how he just like crushes the, the head the yeah. girl skull yeah that yeah. was messed up uh and they're just like that's not our problem but like the, in that in that also in that same issue shin kills a couple of the main characters yep like half of the crew yeah so i kind of wanted to spend more time with see that's what i mean i feel like that shin stuff developed really quickly and like they kill off those characters i'm like this could have been like a like an overarching thing but yeah. like i feel like Again, like when most people, like I'm, I'm not a comic writer, but like when you start the first volume, like you're still getting your legs learning about it, and the second yeah. volume is when you really like know what you're doing. And it sounds like, you, did you like the second volume more? You said I like the second volume less. Less? Actually. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. I'm wrong then. Uh, it seems like a lot of like awesome ideas that aren't fully fleshed out yet, and they don't know what they want to do with any that, of it. That, that's why I like the second volume less. Okay, because they don't, they still don't have a, a, a idea. They don't have an idea. They don't really mm-hmm. have an idea, but they clearly have an endpoint. And it's just it feels a little sloppy getting there. It's just up to two volumes now, right? Right, right now, yeah. Okay. Um, the sec- the next issue right after this it has them encountering a a haunted house that's in space. In space. Nah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I'm so I I like this a lot. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad. So it's a it's a haunted it's a haunted house. So it's it's an old Earth cabin that was in uh, Nazi occupied Wizard France of Oz's house. and then ended up in space. I, like I. 
I know I could be more nitpicky about like writing and fleshing things out and everything, but I'm like, this is weird and kooky well, and no, like, risk taking. That's and I, normally how I am I, with a lot of things. Sure, sure. So, and, yeah. uh, but I'm saying like I, I, I could be that, but for for whatever reason, like I'm just like, uh, no, this is just like bizarre. Yeah. And I just want to see what it does. Yeah. It's just that, weird. That's honestly why I kept it on my pull list. Like every now and then, I, when I'm doing my calls, I feel like okay, maybe I should drop this, and I come around to some series. But like without a darkness, I was just kind of like, I do kind of want to see more of these strange concepts. Yeah, I just don't think they're being executed to the best that they could be. Yeah, yeah. but maybe that'll change if the series goes on long enough. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it does kind of bum me out that like volume two doesn't kind of like like double down on some of the ideas. Well, volume two, volume two does. A lot of volume twos do this, so it's not really their problem. But I don't think they do it. I, I don't like it just in general. Uh, volume two is a bunch of single issues uh, about char- about certain characters. Oh, that absolutely happens all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't I don't love that because I prefer to get to know each other in a group setting. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like taking characters away from everyone just doing a single focused issue. Sometimes it works. Most of the time, it doesn't for me. I feel you. Um, and that's what volume two is. Bu- it's just five issues of that. Just is there a whole issue on on Elix the God or whatever his name is? No, because he already got his issue. His issue. But I want more of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I want that to be explored yeah. so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's uh, it's an issue, it's got I think it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I definitely like it. And it's uh, a Star Trek meets Event Horizon. Yeah, I definitely give got me, some. Give me my Tartakovsky series. Yeah, I got some Event Horizon vibes. Do this. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, I'm down for some some space Gandhi. Anything <laughs> more you guys wanted to? Add to that, or is that that's it? it. Yeah. I like the art. I didn't talk about the art. I think the art's a uh, uh, super. Yeah, fun. The art is a Afu, def- Afu Chan. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm the not art familiar. is definitely a standout. I mean, the the prim- the big thing that got me was magic and space. Yeah, and they go side by side. Uh, uh, Afu Chan is the art. John Layman is the writer, mm-hmm. and he had a pre- he had a quick stint on Batman. Yeah, he did Detective Comics, Detective Comics. and uh, he, his big thing is Chew. He's been on Chew for like a decade. Yeah, so yeah. That's that's all that's all right. Uh, John Layman. Book club is next. Me, one of them. I think it's me. It is you. Do you know what it is? Nope. Okay. We'll find out soon. We'll we'll post it on the Instagram. Watch this space. Around. Watch this space. Okay. This space. Uh, wait. How do I get out of this? Hell, uh, we just do our ending. Yeah. Okay. This is our first that's podcast. Apparently. Episode one. <laughs> All right, guys. We have we a did bunch it. of things. We did the podcast. We did a podcast. I have it right here. We talked about something. <laughs> All right. We got, okay. So, yeah. I got the thing. Uh, next week. Uh, I don't know. What are we doing next week? Do we know? Doesn't a movie come out? I think Brandon, so. Brandon, we're celebrating our birthdays next week. Shut up. Well, ben. clearly, <laughs> y'all. We're not. I'm not aging. Hey, you know what? Again. You'll find out when we find out. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Audience. You know what? Uh, man, next week's a lot of stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so yeah. Uh, we all, will have a special. All of the, the first issues of X-Men will, bec- will come out, so then we can have a nice gauge. Of the, X- um, the X-Forces. The X-Forces. We have a YouTube page. Uh, Sparks, we do. Sparks mentioned that up top. We have a YouTube page. You can find uh, the, t- the, the shows Basement Arcade and Fake Nerds Watch. That's more nerds more watch. things going up all the time. Basement Arcade is back to Sonic Mania. I mean, it's always been there. Yeah, it just it was it was hidden behind lots of spookies. But it's currently the only basement. Arcade now it's the currently the only yeah. one. Yes, sir. How many more? How many more levels you guys got? Mm. Quite a bit. Plenty. Okay. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a long one, guys. Well, I mean, that's you should be used to it by yeah. now. <laughs> Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, you guys are doing Watchmen? We're watching it. Yep. That show is incredible. Watchmen. Watching the Watchmen. Uh, perhaps another Dark Crystal soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> <yeah>. Soon. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> All right. Oh, do you guys want to talk about Charlie's Angels next week? 
Mm-hmm. Let's see how those reviews are first. <laughs> I don't. Think I mean, I'm seeing it. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, all right, we are a Funko affiliate. You can use promo code. If you use promo code Shop Ten, if you click the link in the description, just you know, shop normally. Oh, uh, Mandalorian comes out in two days. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, you can find us. We have a Patreon. Uh, link in the description. We also have a T Public link in the description. You could help us uh, support the show on our T Public. We got a ton of cool things. Uh, went on sale again this week. So many sales. Uh. Uh, you know, you could support the crossover episode between Downright Nerdy and us. Uh, pod v Pod. Also, the, we the got some Downright Star Wars movies to watch, boys. The Downright Nerdy. Yeah, now that we're done with Terminator, we got to watch all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, are we counting Rogue One and Solo? Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. Oh. Oh. We, we are. are? I thought, I thought, yes. We'll talk about this later. All right. I, I would love to talk about all the Star Wars movies. Okay. So shit on them. Uh, both links. Both links in the description. Um, and the episode that I was on with Downright Nerdy. That's also in the description. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci, uh, who does our uh, musics and intros and whatnots. You can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards or his show, Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes, uh, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official, uh, Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Mike Matola, thank you so much for our logos. Uh, and everyone who contributed stuff to the Tea Public, guys. Like, seriously, Sparks, you as well. Um, what what did I do? Basement Arcade. Oh, t- you're welcome. You're Thank welcome. You. Um, he did our logo, but you can find him on, I, at Mike Patola. Uh, his Twitter handle is hilarious. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fake Nerd Podcast, Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks. I'm at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. Ben. You can find me on the internet at BenMagga27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, as no- always, you can find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com, where my latest article, it's not up yet, but it will be going up uh, hopefully either Monday or Tuesday. It's going to be about the legacy of Atari, according to a guy who's barely played any of their stuff. Oh, a historian, right. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Hideo Kojima receives the Guinness World Record for the most <laughs> followed game director on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Jesus. I'm I believe at, it. I'm at DJ Tony Snark. Get ready for my bridge baby impressions. At <laughs> uh, Extra Napkins on Twitter says, if I were a Terminator robot, I'd be like, hey, maybe we should clean up all these skulls everywhere. Oh, an eco-friendly <laughs> Terminator. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review wherever you get us. Greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. Stay fake nudes. Dr. Sleep. <laughs> You know what I am. I'm a boob guy. So you're like big tracts of land. Yes. Yeah, she does. She's I have you recorded saying you're a boob guy. Cool. You can put that at the end of the episode. Just just in Ben Magnet, it likes likes boobs. Oh man, I'm so glad you said that. What? No, I'm gonna put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Although I do appreciate asses, but I am a boob guy. I know exactly what I I know what I like. I don't.